Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Annie, tell me if you can hear me okay. Oh, I can hear me. Okay, never mind. Um, so, yeah, we are on the a new OBS now. So, hopefully it looks better. Hopefully it sounds better. Um, I got to get used to it. So, bear with me here while we go through this. But uh, we tried to get it all set up. And it should be working with everything. Super chats, all the fun stuff. Um, we should be able to invite people in and add a phone number call in now. So I'm super stoked about that. And I see a few more people hopping in here. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Let's see where Malia's at. We'll start off with the Capulsante, Drama, Dilemma, Capture. Oh, no, you're good, Annie. It, it was completely unplanned. Um, Malia wasn't feeling well. And uh, the the honestly, I wish I would have pulled an all-nighter. If I would have known that he would have got caught last night. And what's weird is like, I felt it ramping up to that yesterday you could feel it so many more people got brought in on uh wait is this showing the right tab here okay it is cool um so many more people got brought in the fold that i just knew i just had a feeling that he was going to get caught yesterday and um sure enough man sure enough Hang on, I don't know why the dis the scroll isn't working here. Let me see. Bam, there we go, baby. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Bear with me tonight. We are using a new OBS. And I got to get the hang of it. So it should be much better for us in the long run, I hope. And uh, yeah, it should be a great thing. Should be a great thing. Hey, what's going on, Brian? Uh, actually, I think I did. Uh, because we went live yesterday, I had to finish doing my downloads because... Oh, I did. I, I got them. I got them. I'll go through them here uh, after the stream for sure. How's everything sounding? Everything sounding okay, guys? Everything looking okay? Everything I'm seeing, I feel like the video is much better on my end. Um, I just can't hear myself. Good, 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 good. Yeah. This new OBS has built-in software that I think is going to be better for the Mac users like, like ourselves. So, um, all right, let's check this out here. YouTube's been driving me crazy all day, 
all day long. So for those of you that don't know, as we're ramping up here, getting people in here, make sure you hit that like button on the way in, you guys. Uh, it helps out a lot for the show. Um, Sante was caught last night, or I'm sorry, this morning. He got picked up last night on the Fleur radar, and they tracked him for hours, like seven hours straight. They had to maneuver with a storm that came in um the tac teams the tactical teams that were there locally made a decision to stay out in the rain and last out the storm which i i don't know about you guys but i thought that was pretty incredible like that's hats off for law enforcement from me because uh basically their decision was they could pull the drone off, pull the DEA plane off, drone plane off, and come back to him, come back to that heat signature. They didn't get visual confirmation yet, um, or they could stay out there and try and circle him without him knowing. The military guys decided to stay out there through the storm and uh, circle him. So hats off to those guys. I, I've been... It's funny, they did something really great yesterday, like right when my confidence in them started to waver. Yesterday was really the first time where I was like, oh man, I feel like I feel like this isn't right. There's something going on here. This isn't right. Um, and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, they come out and do some incredible stuff like that. Um, he did try and get away from them too, and they released a police dog on him. And I believe the police dog bit him in the head. So wild story here, right? And um, as you can see here, like on some of these thumbs, they are seen taking pictures with him, uh, like posing up with him, which look well deserved right i know some of the media was complaining like why would they do that how could they do that these guys have been out here for two weeks man and um i i two weeks two weeks you know what i mean that's a long time and a lot of these guys were working 20 hour shifts and what brian you didn't like the picture i i understand it i understand both sides of the table there oh. um but for the police statement that they made, I understand that uh, why nobody cares that they did it, too. You know what I mean? Oh, I wonder if I can edit the video to make it more warm. Um, yeah, we look like dark. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. There might be. Yeah, it. I. you're you're with a lot of people. Uh you're with a lot of people. A lot of it bugged a lot of people, and I understand why it bothered a lot of people. I really do. Um, and and also, guys, when you're watching, if you notice that the audio is off from uh from our mouths from the video, will you guys let me know, please? Um, but I understand why some people would be worried about that. I completely get it. You know, it, it's kind of a weird thing to do. He still has some rights. Um, however, 
they were put through hell for him. And uh, a picture post is not really the end of the world, I don't think, in my opinion. But um, but it, 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 it was interesting. It was interesting. Where did they pose with him? You, this is it right here. That that thumb is the picture pose. And did did you know that the the dog bit him in the head? No. Yeah, the dog took him down his head. <laughs> took down his head. Yeah. So, um, when he realized they were on him, mm. he took his rifle and tried to army crawl with his rifle under the brush so that his head was underneath the brush. And, uh, he, he was doing it. They lost sight of him and they decided to just release the dogs that they weren't playing no more. The dog went and charged him and uh, took him over, man, took him over, grabbed a hold of him and held him down until uh, the, until law enforcement could get there and grab them, grab him. So, yeah. Dang, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look at that picture. Look how dirty he is right there, man. I wasn't expecting his hair to be like that. Yeah, I don't think it, he looked shaved in this photo, right? Well, I guess he only shaved his face. As you know, we his have hair been, so he could put uh, it back, I guess. Most recently. Hey, can you guys hear this video too? Sorry, I know I keep asking you these things, but with the with the new OBS, I I just don't know. Where is the new OBS? We're on it. What? A, Where's our operating stuff? Right here. So it doesn't have sound things? Like, so that we can see? Sound thing? No, it doesn't. It, it's all automatic. So, but based off what brian and annie were saying it looks good it sounds good so i i think that they have software built into this this obs and um yeah that that was strange that was strange but they might have cut off his uh his shirt to do to check him medically i think that they could have cut off his shirt to check him medically because i i thought that was strange at first too um, but I, I get it. I get it because they said that after he was taken down by the dog, they had, uh, him checked. They had him checked by a medical examiner. So, and this is the statement, uh, perimeter established in Northern Chester County. And Last hi, Brian. Night, I'm glad I sound shortly better after tonight. Midnight, a series I of events started better. to unfold. First, we, uh, we had a, uh, burglar alarm. At a residence turn it up near Prizer Road. See how loud it is. Within the perimeter. Okay, good. Uh, our people investigated that. Did not uh, did not find Cavalcante there or anyone else, but it brought it started to bring some of our people into that area. Uh, we had been searching an area not far from there already with some tactical teams that night. There was uh, an aircraft overhead 
utilizing uh, FLIR technology. And uh, that was a DEA drone aircraft, by the way, too. Not just for some people won't like to know those specific details. The DEA were, was flying drones helping them during this. Uh, close to 1 a.m., picked up a heat signal that they began to track was west of PA 100 and north of Prizer Road. Tactical teams began to converge on that location where the heat source was moving. Uh, unfortunately, we had a weather system that also came in and we had lightning that was flashing all around and it caused the aircraft to have to depart the area. Tactical teams made a decision to uh, secure that area, that smaller area as best they could and hold it through the storm and until uh, we could bring additional resources in and bring aircraft back overhead to ensure that we did not have uh, an issue with an escape. That resumed early this morning and shortly after 8 a.m., tactical teams converged on the area where the uh, heat source was. They were able to move in very quietly. They had the element of surprise. Cavalcante did not realize he was surrounded until that had occurred. That did not stop him from trying to escape. He began to crawl through thick underbrush, taking his rifle with him as he went. One of the Customs and Border Control teams, Bortac, uh, had a dog with them. They released the dog. Some of our PSP CERT members were also there, had him surrounded. The dog sub subdued him and team members from both of those teams immediately moved in. He continued to resist, but was uh, forcibly taken into custody. No one was injured as a result of that. Excuse me. He did sustain uh, a minor bite wound. Uh, we had uh, medical uh, personnel at the scene and they, uh, they took a look at that. Cavalcante was, as I said, taken into custody. He was transported to our Avondale station for further processing and interview, and he will ultimately be transferred to a state correctional institute where he will be housed and begin to serve his life sentence. Thanks for watching. Stay updated about breaking news and top stories on the NBC News app or follow us on social media. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, just before we move off of this, I, I just want to say that I think the police did a really good job last night. And before you got up here, I was just letting everyone know that, um, what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, but I, I assume it'll get bigger once we get on the Idaho four topics, honestly, because that's what's big in the news right now. Since uh, Cabal Sante got caught, he's kind of old news that quick. You know what I mean? Um, but I just want to take my hat off to uh, the law enforcement in this situation. I think they did really good at the end there. Do you know what they had to go through to catch him? Did well, you hear about that? I mean, I heard them talking about the heat sensor. So they picked them up right after midnight around 1 a.m. And um, they 
they were tracking him on a DEA drone with floor technology. Oh, yes, you guys can see my mouse now. That is great because I couldn't figure that out. They were tracking him on uh, – I got a hat. Look, bro, what are you talking about? I always got my hat. So they were tracking him on a DEA drone, and weather came in. Ian, how do you like the new setup? Everyone says that it sounds better and that the audio's better and everything. So, so far, everything's looking good. It just, the background took a while to build and everything. So, if you notice any audio flaws, issues, anything like that, let us know because I don't have as much control on this OBS as I did previously. So, um, so they were, I know the hat, <laughs> um, but they were tracking him. But weather was coming in, so they had to make a decision, and they let the field agents make the decision where they could either pull off, and they were going to pull off of him and let him go again because the drone couldn't fly in that weather, or uh, the, the law enforcement on the ground decided to stay out in the storm, so they created uh, a, a circle around him, essentially, and sat there waiting for the storm to pass and those guys just sat in the rain waiting for the storm to pass to make sure he didn't move for hours once the storm passed they got back up in the air and they uh they started tracking him again where they tracked him to um a a shed area now i he wasn't in the shed or, or if he was in the shed he was only temporarily in the shed and then when people got up close on him he started crawling military crawl with his rifle in his hand on his hands and knees where his head was lower than the brush so police lost sight of him and once they lost sight of him, they didn't want to let him go. So they let the police dogs go. This is, this took eight hours, by the way, like seven and a half hours, all of this. They let the police dogs go. The police dog charged him and bit him in the head, held him down, his head down. And then law enforcement grabbed him. So I know I put a post out earlier. I just want to say like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm eating crow or whatever you call it, you know, for because I did not think they were going to take him alive. I did not think they were going to take him alive. This is such a strange situation where they were able to get him alive. He's lucky. It's it's super wild. Um Brian, I'm looking at your emails right now. Thank you for sending that um he sent something from I think Cavalcante, it says childhood stuff. Um, yeah. But. There we go. Anyway, I'm glad that they got him. And Ian, that is scary. Because you're totally right. If he got to Philadelphia, he would... That would have been like game over, I feel like, once he made it to a major city like that. Don't you think? Yes, yes. Um, what what channel is the the courtroom video on? The full video. Usually East Idaho East Idaho's the East Idaho News or Court TV. I think I saw Court TV had something up. 
Okay, no, they don't have it this time. Probably, I mean, the whole camera thing, like, you know. Yeah, I get going that, on. but that's what we need to talk about. That's what's hot in the news right now. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're looking for. I I understand that, but with all the issues with cameras in the court, it might not be as many different platforms showing. Oh, no, 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 that won't affect that. That won't affect that. So the argument right now is that is how many cameras can be in court. If they can get to a position where they're going to allow one camera in the court, we're still going to have the same access to it. That doesn't mean that one person gets to post it. Do you remember? I this, understand that. This is why we read Article 45 the other night was for the this exact reason, because I wanted to understand how it worked. Now, if if it comes to a conclusion where one camera is allowed in court, they have to by law, share that that footage equally between all the media sources. They have to, by law. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I thought he was a dead guy for sure, too, Annie. I'm sorry you're having internet issues. That really sucks. Um, so I agree, Brian, that I don't feel like we should be having this conversation. And I think that they are our courtrooms and we should be able to see them. Oh, what the cameras? Yeah, uh, for sure, a hundred percent. I I think that it is a uh, a big step on our. It's a huge foot on our throats when it comes to justice. All the secrecy around the courtroom cameras and uh, what really sucks. And this is something that we highlighted the other night. Okay. And it's one of the big things I pointed out is how much power judges have to make a decision, whether to have cameras in the courtroom or not. When our justice system was created, it was created with the intention of it being transparent, right? Because we used to have the town square, uh, judgment and that that wasn't reliable that that caused the witch trials to happen that caused a whole bunch of really negative stuff to happen however uh part of that was the fact that it was transparent and i think that's what uh our country was founded on that idea of transparency and being judged by your peers and everything like that and that's why it's so important that we have cameras in the courtroom, in my opinion. But that's not how it's been for the last 20 years, as long as we've had cameras. So, like, where is that medium? You know, because we can talk well, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face that this is how it should be, but that's not how it is. Well, I learned some interesting things actually that um in the 80s is when they first started writing those laws of allowing cameras in the courtroom um, when it became like a possibility to like have, you know, recordings like that. Um, but I think we should look into that, like how I thought that was really interesting to go back and look at how cameras began, like what year, what they were talking about when they first started talking about putting cameras in the courtroom. Um, hi, Cynthia. I am still sick, but I am feeling a lot better right now. Thank God. Um, Brian, what do you mean about check out the moms? Are you talking about uh, the Idaho four moms that were drug addicts? Because we did the drug theory video and that talked about the moms in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cameras or not. I agree. I think the only time that cameras should not be allowed is if it's like something with a minor, something with a child. Yes, there has been a case where they're not allowed. Um, Lori Daybell is like the most popular recent one where media did not follow the rules. And that was in Idaho. Um, and the cameras got banned. And we only heard audio from that trial. The Lori Daybell case. So, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll read that while we start this court hearing, Brian. I have that email pulled up right now. I appreciate it, Cynthia. It's kind of you. Cool, huh? Mm-hmm. So now we can put that up. So um, that that was me, you guys. I, I'm just testing it out here, trying to trying to get everything working because this is the first time using StreamYard for us. So oh, so we can highlight certain comments. Yeah, now? watch, watch. Bam, up on screen. So phenomenal, great. This is what we were looking for, and the only thing we're missing now is call-in numbers to uh talk through um you know people that want to want to debate want to talk want to whatever can you move this over there though so it's not blocking us when um i don't know i have i i haven't seen it pull up on here yet there we go okay okay great um i don't know i will play with it and i will try and figure it out um and see yeah he does love the new tech, but he also wants to make the stream good for everybody watching. I was just asking him to maybe scoot over when we highlight a comment, scoot it over to the right so it's not blocking our faces. Hey, Lisa. And Anne, I don't know if I said hi. Hi, Anne. Yes, hello, everybody. Hello, hello. All right, cool. I feel like I figured that all out. So for everyone just hopping on here, we got the memberships turned on. We got super stickers turned on. We got all supers, everything turned on. So we are transition ramped up and ready to go. Um, so, yeah. And I feel like the video is better. Do you guys feel like the audio is better overall now that we have a few more people on here? Yeah. Edit the title to Brian Court and let's get into it. 
Yes, Cynthia, I do think there has to be standards for cameras. And and last night we did go over those standards, um, but it sounds like it's pretty much at the judge's discretion. So while there are standards and the judge typically seems to um, try to follow with, you know, follow those, it seemed like in and allow cameras, it seems like in Idaho, they are very, very quick to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, so uh, when I think about this, okay, I try and think of it analytically and figure out like, what are the cons? Okay. What, what are the cons of having cameras in the courtroom? Hey, James, welcome. Welcome. He said his name is Russ. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. Thank you so much, Russ. I only have one good eye. So we appreciate that. Yeah, we do appreciate that and welcome. Um, so let's figure out what the cons are. What are the cons to having cameras in the courtroom, right? Um, so we already know that the prosecution got to paint a, a pretty solid picture of the defendant in this situation. So they already have that up on everybody. Now, what what other cons are there? So the jury that's going to be coming in is already going to know what's going on in the situation. They're already people from that area. They know everything that's going on in in that area. So what else can we think of that's that's causing a reason for it not to be there other than the obvious tin hat conspiracy ideas? Of not allowing cameras in the of courtroom. Of not allowing cameras in the courtroom. Well, I think it, they're going to go at it from the perspective of, for one, the witnesses' um, privacy, but also... Which we saw a ruling on that in Rule 45. Getting a fair trial for Brian, which is what I think the defense is. So I think the state is coming at it, which we've seen from the legal documents. They don't want the cameras because they don't want the witnesses on blast. Uh, no. The defense doesn't want the cameras because they don't like the media scrutiny and ridiculousness of mm -hmm. how they're covering Brian um, and character assassinating him and making a mockery of him and all of these things. So, um, I mean, that I think those are the very real reasons. And I think that is why they don't want them. Um, you know, Ian, I could see allowing a judge decide if cameras are allowed or not too, but i think there should be i don't think it should just be at his discretion like he gets to decide like oh i feel like i having cameras today not tomorrow for yeah. this case you know yeah. like i think there there needs to be some kind of it violates this rule and then maybe he can override that rule if like he feels i don't know like i just feel like there needs to be certain stipulations like okay this is a court case of a minor child who was abused. Yeah. Like, so we're not going to allow that minor child to be filmed. Yeah. Like, I feel like there just needs to be certain rules um, put in place and the judge should not just be able to be like, hey, I just don't feel like having cameras in this case. It's really, you know, um, controversial and getting a lot of media attention. So I don't want cameras. Like, I don't think that I don't I, like that. I agree. And I agree with Brian that this is America. It's it's not China or Russia 
where everything happens behind closed doors and a secret. Yeah. And I think it's important for justice to be served out in the open for the public to see. And one thing that's important to remember to you guys is there's this saying in law enforcement that there is no perfect case. There is no perfect crime scene. And the basis to those ideas is that it, it, he, humans make mistakes. There's no way around that. We are absolutely going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes collecting evidence. We're going to make mistakes in the courtroom. We're going to make mistakes in no matter what we do, right? So when I'm looking at Judge Judge, I do feel like that Judge Judge is trying to be fair, is trying to be bi unbiased in this situation. However, I also simultaneously agree that the judge should not have the power to decide whether there are cameras in the courtroom or not. We read the entire Rule 45 for this reason. For this reason, it was a super long document and super boring, and we read every single line of it. And it says in there that cameras are not allowed to be in the courtroom for minors. Uh, a judge can make the decision to not have a witness uh, videotaped or audio taped. Now, I do think that that's okay. I feel like that they should keep those rules on there, but they need to create an across-the-board concrete solid rule stating that uh, cameras should just be allowed in the courtroom across the board. The only reason I feel like it shouldn't is if it is uh, a, 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 an issue for the safety of our country or the well-being of our general public. Or the well-being of, I think, like a minor child or like a person who's a victim or something like that. But see, that's why I feel like the bird's eye is such a good idea. Have this bird's eye view and, um, you know, a witness can be excluded from that if need be. But regardless, it's all filmed just excluding that person. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it should be nationwide. Because that idea is the basis that our justice system was founded on. We, you know, I, I feel like so many people, we're, we're at this impasse right now, you guys, where the older generations, um, I think, are still a little bit afraid of some of the technology. And technology isn't going away. There's so many people out there on the internet that are constantly talking about, well, I remember when we didn't have cell phones or you need to be worried about this technology or worried about that technology. And yes, while we should be worried about these technologies, not afraid of them, but worried in the way that we're going to be able to manage these technologies, they aren't going away. They are never going away. We are only ever progressing forward. So we got to figure out how to make uh, make it work moving forward. Now, we have the ability from in a way that we didn't have 40 years ago to include the rest of society and the general public into our courtrooms, which is the, the, the simplest idea that our justice system was founded on, that we are judged by our peers, right? Um, and I believe that, it should be nationally a rule that yes, maybe it is a, a bird's eye and uh, the, the, the news, the news companies submit a form at the beginning of the trial saying, Hey, every day we want to pick up this, um, 
this chip, whatever, this SIM card that has all the data on it from the court hearings of that day, right? And they should be able to do that. But we need to figure something out. We need to figure something out in this situation because in these situations, all this is doing is causing distrust in our government, which is the last thing we need right now. Yeah. The last thing we need right now. It is causing distrust. Um, I'm going to catch up on just a few comments. They, Cynthia and Brian are saying they love your tinfoil hat. I want you to put it back on. Um, if the camera, I'll put it on for a while. If the camera people were to be professional, then good to go. This case took off like a bullet. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a screw up to have people sitting there manning the camera where they can zoom in. I feel like that's just Big not time. a good idea. Um, Ian, I'm so happy that you finally got to disagree about something. <laughs> happy for you. Um, it looks like. Yeah, I, Taylor Shabusiness had a camera in the courtroom, and yeah. they were talking about some pretty graphic stuff. I yep. agree with you there, Cynthia. It look the the court should never be held back based on the topics that they're talking about. That is the media company's job to uh, censor those things out. The media company knows what they can post and what they can't post, right? They have to follow the rules of the platforms they're on or the uh, general public uh, TV stations or wherever they're posting their stuff. That's their job to censor that out. Nobody else's, you know, the yeah. court shouldn't have to worry about well, that. Well, they're stuff. not allowed to film like the graphic pictures, but they, you hear the graph graphic descriptions um, I mean, they, they do film the graphic pictures. I've seen it a couple different times, like even in the YNW Melly case where they were showing some of the crime scene uh, pictures, it was just blurred out. Hmm. Um, Cynthia, you have two topics for us. So go ahead. Tell us what they are. Yeah, or I'm going to start this as you we go. can email them. Eat this bad boy up. Tell me if the sound is too loud, you guys, like if there is uh, a disconnect between how loud the uh, audio is from from the video to our audio. Oh, my gosh, Russ, that's crazy. He said there's a shooting at his mom's house and the sheriff pinned the wrong guy. He wasn't even armed. That's crazy. Like pinned the shooting on the wrong guy or, or physically pinned him down? I think he's talking about pinned the shooting on him is what I think. Jeez. But. That's crazy. All right. Yeah, and I hope everyone in your home is okay at your mom's house. It's terrible. All right. Well, good afternoon. Let's get on the record, please. Thank you. We are now on the record. So, only on your only on your computer. I'm moving around. Where where oh there's Bill. Okay, there's Bill Thompson. Good old Bill. Okay, good to go. Let's try this again. 
Can you hear they? Can you hear me, Ms. Beatty, Mr. Nye? Yes. Yes, Ms. Massa. Yes. Okay, excellent. Okay, we are now on the record. This is State of Idaho versus uh, Brian Koberger, CR 2922-2805. Mr. Koberger is in the court with uh, counsel, uh, Mr. Logsdon and Ms. Taylor. Uh, Ms. Massif is uh, participating or observing uh, from Zoom or through Zoom. Uh, the state is represented by Mr. Thompson and Mr. Rudley, uh, also uh, who are in the courtroom. And Ms., uh, Mr. Nye and Ms. Beatty are observing through Zoom. Uh, we also have Ms. Walt, uh, Ms. Olson and Mr. Carone representing the Media Coalition. Uh, and Ms. Towler is court reporter. So um, welcome back, everybody. And I think what we need to do is first address the motion uh, to intervene. So Ms. Olson, is that for you? Okay. Yeah, I, I'll do my best to remember to call you Russ. Um, names are my weakest point, like awful. I suck at names. It is, Your Honor. Thank you. Your Honor, as uh, with the motion that, that proposed interveners filed uh, before the court, we seek to intervene for the limited purpose of opposing the defendant's motion to remove cameras from the courtroom. Um, it's our position that the, the proposed interveners are the ones who are most affected uh, by that particular motion. And in light of the court having asked us essentially the same group of interveners uh, to weigh in on this issue before, we would seek to intervene again just for that limited purpose of opposing removing uh, cameras from the courtroom. I think it's in the court's discretion to do so. All right, thank you. So um, I, I see this, oh, don't go away. No, I, I wanna talk to you about okay. this because I, I think that, um, well, I'm not sure, okay, that this is the same intervention uh, as we had the, the first round. I think this is a different uh, situation. Um, and I think some of your clients uh, kind of jumped the gun a little bit thinking that they are interventions or interveners. And um, I mean, you know, this, this was uh, filed on August 30, 2023. So we really haven't had a chance to talk about this. Uh, and I haven't addressed it in court, as you know. So, and we already started with the merits, okay, before I had approved uh, the intervention. So my I mean, issue first is really understanding uh, because the first the first round had something to do with uh, with Constitution, uh, state Constitution, uh, U.S. Constitution, and I'm not sure that that uh, that applies in this okay. situation under Rule 45. And I I think that the Supreme Court, the Idaho Supreme Court, sort of addressed that a little bit in the former uh, former motion for mandamus. So. You want to address that the standing issue first? Sure, Your Honor. With respect to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'm I'm a little confused there. So um he thinks that their state laws don't apply to the federal constitution. This is my first time watching this, you guys. So you're getting real reactions. I, I haven't listened to any of this with the intention of watching it with you guys tonight. So um None of my concerns are brought up, like are are pre-planned or anything like that. Uh, honestly, I never watch anything at a time, but uh, I don't know that I don't really like how he worded that. But I I noticed that Judge Judge is not 
one of the more clear judges in sharing his thoughts and opinions in this situation. Um, I guess we'll see what she has to say and what his response is, but uh, their state laws absolutely have to do with the Constitution. Are you kidding me? This decision, uh, when we filed a petition in front of it back in January, I think they said that the media has the right uh, and should be able to intervene when there are issues related to um, First Amendment issues and access issues. And, Your Honor, I would submit that, and we understand that ICAR 45 is absolutely the governing piece of law on this, but when we talk about press access to the proceedings, cameras in the courtroom, I would submit, Your Honor, are part of that press access to the proceedings because it's the, it's the cameras in the courtroom, it's the ability to have pool coverage, it's the ability to have still photographers that provide access to a much greater number of people than, than even having just the, yeah. the um, reporters who are going to write things down and, and post stories after the fact. It allows sort of that broader access uh, that, that allows people to see sort of firsthand what is happening. Um, and we think that's an important First Amendment right, Your Honor. That's a First Amendment right to have cameras in the courtroom? No, no Your Honor. Press access I, is absolutely, yes. and public access I mean, is absolutely a First Amendment right. So, so the press and the public have full access to this courtroom? I agree, Your Honor. Having cameras in the courtroom, having still photographers, having live coverage allows that public access to be much greater uh, than it was than it is through just having people having to travel from Moscow, having to come into this particular courtroom, Your Honor. So I think I understand already where his concern is and what's going on with Judge Judge's point of view. Based off of the comments that he's saying, I'm I'm feeling like he thinks that the primary and only goal of the courtroom is to manage and secure that trial, only including the jurors. Now, I I get that point. Like, I understand where he's coming from and I get it because these court cases have been functioning and running successfully for hundreds of years before cameras have come out. So I get it. It makes sense. But there comes a time where, you know, humanity evolves. We, we push into the future. Technology evolves. And we now have cameras everywhere we go doing everything that we do. So there's no reason why... Uh, the human rights shouldn't evolve with that, which I think is what uh, the lady at the podium is trying to explain to Judge Judge. And Judge Judge is taking that older view of, hey, our number one concern and only concern is this court case that we're managing in this situation, not whether the public can see in it. However, I personally don't agree with that. I believe that it is part of the, the First Amendment rights um, that we should be able to have equal, open, and honest free press. And uh, I, I think that our justice system and court system was built on that idea. So I don't know. I, f I feel like that's just going to come down to opinion and the exact reason why I said or Malia said and myself said that judges have too much power in this ruling and this decision. I think that it shouldn't come down to opinion. It should be written in uh, the laws, the federal laws across the board that that cameras are in courtrooms, except when including minors um, or, you know, special circumstances. Hey, Rumsey, welcome. Welcome. Glad you're here. Happy to have you. That's no implication for the United States Constitution or the Idaho Constitution. 
I'm just trying to clear this, this, this issue up in terms of what the standing is. Your Honor, I respectfully disagree because I think that the First Amendment Wait. and the Idaho Constitution what both contemplates this right to broad access piece of it. I'm just trying to clear this, this, this issue up in terms of what the standing is. What the standing expectation is? Your Honor, okay. I respectfully disagree because I think that the First Amendment and the Idaho Constitution both both contemplate this right broad access piece of it. And I think there's an argument to be made on the cameras in the courtroom that takes a step from that first that right of public access and, and makes it more open to, up to additional people. So I think there is a First Amendment interest there. It's certainly not as strong as, for example, if the proceedings or some sort of um, order to close the proceedings or no journalist could come into the courtroom. I think that would be a far more significant uh, problem, Your Honor. But I think in terms of First Amendment interest, the broader, the, you know, it may be because there's some access already, the First Amendment interests are smaller, but I think there is a First Amendment interest in having yeah, I, I personally think that the special circumstances in a situation, let's just pretend that uh, federally we ruled out, we rolled a law, we rolled it out to where cameras are in every courtroom. I don't believe that a minor situation should ever be uh, recorded, ever, period. Whether you have a minor come in to make a statement, whether you it, it's a case involving a minor they should have, you know, they should have the ability to flip cameras off in those situations and leave that out completely. Other than that, I agree with you that it should be very, very rare. It should be uh, situational based on the safety of our of our country, basically. Having broad access to the court proceedings, I think it's also in the interest of the court, Your Honor, to make that access as broad as, as possible. Because we're unfortunately in a day and age where for some people. If you can't see it, you don't believe it, or if you can't see it, it didn't happen. And there's an increasing need yeah. for people to see for themselves precisely what's going on inside the courtrooms of this country. Are there are there cases that support that? That support cameras in the courtroom? No, no. And that's been based in constitutional law. Well, Your Honor, I would say that the line of cases that we both cited, Estes and Chandler versus... There are cases. I... I... Mm. I've liked Judge Judge this whole time. I feel like he's tried to be the voice of reason between the prosecution and the defense this whole time. Um, I've backed a lot of his decisions. I've backed the way that he has communicated between the two of them. I've really appreciated all of that. Uh, however, I feel like he's kind of attacking her in this situation because she isn't an attorney. She's representing the media. I, am I correct in that? She's the she's the media representative and not an attorney? Or am I wrong? Versus Florida says that, that there is there's no prohibition on having cameras uh, not in the courtroom. There is not a case that says flat out. Yeah, I, I think it's whatever they're tried as, Cynthia. Um, if we have a case where you have a 16 year old that, you know, like, um, what was that guy's name? Mason Sisk. Okay. Mason Sisk was 14 when he murdered his five family members. So what the court did was they loopholed the situation and chose not to, um, not to roll out his, um, his ruling until he hit 18. So let's just say that they would have tried him at 14 as an adult. Okay. If there's enough evidence for the court to try an individual, a child as an adult, then I do believe that they should uh, record those, those cases too. 
because it's very rare that we try a, a child under 18 as an adult. It is very, very rare. But in special circumstances, we do. And those special circumstances are some of the most heinous crimes that we've ever seen. Um, so in those same situations, more than likely, those kids that are 16, 17 being tried as, as an adult are going to prison for the rest of their life. Like with the Mason Sis case, um, I think it's very possible they could have tried him as, as an adult, but due to what is it? Kentucky. I think Kentucky law is where he was. I could be wrong on that, but I think it was Kentucky due to Kentucky law. Um, they had a, they had a bylaw in there that they weren't allowed to try anyone under, uh, 17 as an adult. So what they did is they tried him as a minor, but didn't sentence him until 18. Under the First Amendment, there was a right to have cameras in the courtroom. Okay. Well, I understand that. Let me, let me. Yeah, try, trying children as an adult, I think, can be weird too. But um, I also see the benefit in it too, right? Because let's say you have a 16 year old that did something. I, now, just to clarify, I think we've used trying kids as an adult too loose in some cases and not enough in others. So I don't think we've been real good about finding that happy medium. But um, I think in most cases, they're some of the most heinous crimes that we've seen. So what they're looking at is where is the bulk of that uh, sentence going to take place? Is the bulk of it going to take place in their adult life or is the bulk of it going to take place in their child life? If they're sentenced to uh, a, a, a child uh, sentencing where they're going to get eight years and, and half of those years involve a therapist and kind and some kind of um, some different processes and procedures, then I do feel like that if they're 16 years old and only going to have two years as a minor for that uh, sentencing and the other six years as an adult, I think it makes sense where you could try them as an adult. But um, yeah, I do feel like it's one of those rules where one of those laws where they need to make a concrete ruling on it, right? Like um, all children should be tried as children, except when they're 16 or older in a situation where it's murder one, you know, something like that. Um, because I was looking at back at this, uh, this decision that the Idaho Supreme Court made. And it does say that. Uh, yeah, Annie, thank you. She is with the media. So uh, where I was going with that earlier is Judge Judge approached her like she's an attorney and said, hey, uh, can you give me evidence of other cases where they've talked about the media uh, referencing uh, the Constitution that that's kind of I don't know, that's kind of that's kind of shady in in this situation, because you're not talking to an attorney. You're ta you're talking to a media representative who is focused on the, uh, their goals as a media representative. So I just don't see her bringing cases to the table to back her point. So I think he was trying to get one up on her in that situation. I don't know. It just didn't sound, it didn't feel like a fair conversation. You in that case, or your clients, I should say, are, are correct that Idaho, Idaho's rules of 
criminal procedure do not provide a specific mechanism for third parties to intervene in a criminal case. Uh, likewise, the federal rules of criminal procedure do not provide for a motion to intervene in a criminal case brought by the United States. Of course, you know that well. Um, it says, however, both state and federal courts often permit the media to intervene in criminal cases on a limited basis or at least file a motion as interested parties in the defense of public access and free speech, including in Idaho. So I think, I mean, we're on the same wait, page. Wait, wait. I, I need to and hear I, that one more time. I'm sorry, guys. Um, it says, however, both state and federal courts often permit the media to intervene in criminal cases on a limited basis or at least file a motion as interested parties in the defense of public access and free speech, including in Idaho. So I think, I mean, we're on the same page on that, and, and I understand that. Dude. Huh. I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like what did he say? That's a little shady because he was just arguing. Am, am I crazy here? Um, hey, we got we got 22 people in here. Hit that like button on the way in. Um, we are trying to grow and we appreciate any engagement that you guys have for us. And we love that you're all here hanging out with us. Um, but hit that like button, please. So he just argued the fact that it didn't have anything to do with constitutional rights. And then he's reading this statement about the Idaho law and how it pertains to freedom of speech. What? Yeah. And then he says, I think we're, we're on the same page with that. Right. That, wh what do you mean? That is constitutional rights. What are you talking about? Here, I, I got to use the restroom real quick. You can hit right. Sorry, guys. I'm blowing my nose. I figured you wouldn't want to see me blowing my nose. <laughs> All right. I was trying to listen while I was downstairs. And while trying to listen, my headphone fell out while I was walking by the toilet and it went bloop, AirPod right in the toilet. <laughs> Just wonderful. So great. So I had to wash that off and put it in rice. I'm going to read a couple of your guys' comments. So, to be honest, Ian said, to be honest, it always seemed weird to me to try a minor as an adult because trying them as an adult is often based on the offense, right? And doing that seems to presume guilt. Mm, that's a good point. Cynthia said only victims as minors should get the rule to no camera access. Offenders are open season. In my opinion, we should only allow, this is Ian, allow courts to sentence a minor as an adult, the actual trial, try them as a minor, don't take away their minor protections until they're found guilty. Agree with you. If they found guilty, then in sentencing, treat them like an adult. I agree with that 100% because I do think you need to find them guilty before you treat them like an adult. And I heard of what case was this? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to look this up real quick and then let you guys know in a minute. There was a case of a really young boy, and I think he was like under 10, 
and he murdered another little kid like straight up in cold blood like it was kind of one of the most insane cases i've ever heard about and um he was tried as an adult Yeah, they might be talking about the Idaho state constitutional rights. That's a good point, what Ian's saying right here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand um, that that he's talking about that, but he, he made an argument that um, that freedom of speech didn't have anything to do with the constitutional rights because clearly she was talking about federally, right? And she made the argument that the the federal our our constitution constitutional rights federally align with Idaho's rights and he tried arguing that they didn't in the beginning and then he's now backstepping saying he he did now I I just want to be clear like I've said the whole time I I back Judge Judge and everything that he's done up until now but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to call something when I see that it's a little bit hinky you know what yeah, I mean and Thank you, Cynthia. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, but I agree with you. So I was listening while I was downstairs. Uh, just make sure I could stay up on it because I haven't seen this yet. I do feel like he's attacking her or he's I like agree. very much on the defense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, um, have they already had the private meeting and and there's some kind of other the information? Yeah, the ex parte. Because uh, if they have had the ex parte, is there more information here that we're not privy to? You know what I mean? I think that's a real possibility also. Um, this idea of intervention specifically versus uh, as an interested party, because I know in the Daybell case, uh, the, the media was characterized as interested parties. Um, yeah, I also agree with you, Cynthia. Uh, I think that a lot of children that commit crimes, it comes down to a uh, nature versus nurture situation. And I think it would be beneficial to have every prepubescent child be checked by uh, a psychologist, a therapist, every time. I'm just not sure that we get all the way to intervention because historically, anyway, my understanding of the rules is intervention means you are really a party in the case. And that gives you uh, significant more, significantly more access. I'm thinking uh, about this more as uh, an anarchist, anarchist uh, brief or presentation because I'm willing to hear it. I'm willing to read the briefs. I think that's important, but I'm not necessarily comfortable going to call it all or the uh, media uh, coalition to be um, inter intervention interventions so do you see a difference there your honor i understand the difference the distinction that the court is making that's why our motion to intervene has always been uh, for a limited purpose and and in you know, full candor this was a difficult uh, one to sort of try to solve procedurally 
Uh, it's been my experience at Idaho State Courts that rules and cases are read very literally, and we couldn't find a rule, so that's why we went to the Supreme Court to begin with, because there wasn't a rule that allowed us to do that. And I think for purposes of the proposed Intergeneral Media Coalition in this case, that being allowed to present its argument to this court, whether it's as interveners for a very limited purpose, and that's without a rule, that's typically, I think, how you would get in, into a case. I was kind of liking this to like, you know, motion to quash a third party subpoena, but there's a rule that allows you to come in and, and challenge that. So when there was no rule, we we're trying to identify, well, what is the procedural mechanism? And intervention is typically, certainly, there's a civil analog, and, and there's a way to, that's just the analog that we requested from the court before. We think it's consistent with what the Supreme Court said in the case that it decided in, in April. But if the court does not want to give us intervention status, I remember we had that discussion a little bit last time, and, and we asked you to sign the order, so I'm part that would be precedent for us to do this, and you did. Yeah. Um, but Everybody it, agreed, so I yeah. signed it. But yeah. now I, I've thought more deeply about it. Yeah, and and I, I think, Your Honor, if the court would rather the media coalition appear as interested parties, I mean, th that would also serve uh, the media coalition, and we'd be happy to present argument just as interested parties so that there is some entity speaking for continued access in the program. Okay, I, I could even I could even label you as media coalition. That would be fine with us, I think, Your Honor. Okay, great. And there there is some language, uh, and I, I don't need to read it now. On uh, page fourteen and page fifteen, that uh, kind of caution uh, going too far with intervention or what we call it. And, and I and I, I'm trying to clarify this a little bit. I think the Supreme Court is trying to clarify it a, a bit in criminal cases. Uh, and I, I, my reading of this is they really don't want the media to just be coming into the, mi the middle of criminal cases to, uh, I guess, exercise their concerns. And I don't think the media wants to either, Your Honor. I think both with the initial um, motion to intervene and the issue that was raised last time about the non-dissemination order and both this issue with respect to you know, cameras in the courtroom, those are both about sort of fundamental access to the, to the sources of information um, that this trial and this proceeding uh, are really all about. And so that's, a, I think, yeah, the media doesn't want to have to, they don't have to pay me Mr. Crum every time they want to make an argument in court, and we don't think that would be appropriate. Either. It's just those issues that really fundamentally affect what sources of information they can access in the process of reporting on this murder. Okay, great. Thank you, Ms. Olson. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I'll give you first. Mr. Dudley? No. Well, Your Honor, the state uh, has no objection to either classification of the media for the limited purpose of uh, helping the court decide this issue. Okay, thank you, Mr. Uh, okay, Mr. Lawson. I'm going to object, obviously, to hearing from the media, and I certainly understand the court's concern. That's interesting, but um, and so long as I guess I'm not filing things willy nilly and making discovery requests, uh, I'm not terribly concerned about how they're doing that. Great, thank you. I think I'm just being a little nerdy about, you know, the, the rules and, you know, uh, even the, the history in Idaho, and also uh, relying on some of the language in the uh, petition for writ of mandamus uh, that the Supreme Court issued on, I guess it was April 24, 2023. Yeah, anyone who takes advantage of children, I, I think we've been too light in a lot of different situations in the past that we need to correct some of that as well. So um, I, I, I really think it's more appropriate, uh, and I looked into this to some, some level, and to uh, sort of an amicus uh, brief, uh, but not considered as a party, as an inter intervention, an intervention uh, but sort of a presentation or brief 
Hey, Amanda. How are you? Hey, Amanda. Important question about that. Um, so that's how I'm going to view this. And uh, I'm going to deny the motion to be to in, for intervention. Um, but, however, I will certainly consider the arguments, uh, consider the briefs, and uh, I will consider that while balancing the concerns of the, both the state and the defendant, too. So, so let's move then to... I feel like she could have represented her case better still. Um, yeah. I, I think she should have dug into rule 45 and talked about some of the options that the judge has at his disposal. Uh, maybe that's not uh, a rule or law that he's read recently. So I don't know. I just think it's beneficial in those situations to be like, Hey judge, you have so many tools at your disposal. You have so many options at hand here that if you want to make adjustments and changes, there are ways that you can do that while still allowing um, cameras in the courtroom. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a really good point Um, that she could have dug into. Like, there's so many options. Like, you don't have mm -hmm. to just ban cameras. Like, we can find a way to make this work. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I've done that a lot. I, I'm not a napper. I don't take naps. I can't take naps. It, like, I really got to be sick uh, to take a nap. And uh, but when I do, I feel out of it the rest of the day. I hate that feeling when you wake up and like you, you don't know where you're at, what time it is, anything like that. That hasn't happened to me in a long time, actually. I mean, you take a lot of naps. No, I don't. Not anymore. Yeah, I really don't anymore. I mean, you I just used like to... fall asleep standing up. That's a nap. <laughs> You're not supposed to be calling me out yeah. on that. She, I she'll think be I... washing dishes like this and just like. <laughs> I think I have a very minor form of narcolepsy. Okay. You guys may have even seen it on the podcast at some points where I just can't help it. It's driving too. Like I will literally just start. I'll just start falling asleep and I'll wake up. I can't help it. I have to be like, I don't know. Like my brain has to be very engaged for me to not fall asleep. All right, don't. I know. Leave his leave Coburn's crotch alone. I agree, maybe, Lisa. Maybe I I agree with you too, Lisa. But um, I'm really surprised that both parties don't want videos in the courtroom. I am really, 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 really surprised. It makes me feel like there's other things going on behind the scenes here that could benefit Brian or, or maybe harm Brian. I, I don't know because Brian's not important in this situation. What's important is getting justice for uh, the four kids who got harmed. Uh, Brian is just, just happens to be the person in that seat. Now uh, what we're here to grade is if the evidence against him is fair and um with the whole 
character assassination that went on right from the beginning with the media. I'm I'm just really surprised that both the defense and the prosecution don't want cameras in the courtroom. There has to be more information here. Someone argued it a few months back. I think our position is that uh, the court, I think, understands her concerns about uh, turning this into a spectacle. The way that yeah, she's totally fell asleep standing up. Are you saying you know why you have? You fall asleep standing up too. We have a lot of really weird health stuff in common, Cynthia. <laughs> no, we haven't talked about the parents' letter yet. But yeah, YouTube and their dang shadow ban stuff. We're going through a shadow ban right now. I don't know what I don't know what we posted, but like all of our metrics are messed up on YouTube right now. And it's not submit it's not suggesting our videos like it was a week ago. But from everything that I've read on it, it's pretty common for all content creators hey, to go through it. Built to spill, will you um will you email us that link? Yeah, are you talking about the Peru one? Yes, narcolepsy does do that. And there's actually a lot of forms of narcolepsy. Um, so like like any mental health issues, we were so wrong as, as humans to think that there's like this one diagnosis of one thing like ADHD and all, all people with ADHD look the same. No, all people with narcolepsy look different, can look different. All people with ADHD look different, can look different. All people with uh, any any depression, um, spectrum, uh, anything can look different and normally do look different in their case. So yeah, narcolepsy is a pretty detailed, uh, in-depth mental health condition where not all the symptoms are going to match, you know? Yeah, but narcolepsy isn't a mental health condition. I mean... It's not. I mean, it has to do with it's the function not. of your brain, with your physical self, Yeah, but it's so. not mental health. Like, you can't fix it with mental health I mean, things. it's the same thing as ADHD. So, AD, my ADHD is caused from a lack of oxygen in my blood getting to my brain, which is physical in itself, but it impacts my mental health. The way in which that dehumanizes people I'm RH negative too. I'm actually A. I'm O negative. I'm O negative. TV shows are on that. Court proceedings were it. I think everyone understands that. Um, our concern is that since that time, it doesn't seem like much has changed. The media's argument, as far as I can understand it, is that. Okay, you want to know what causes narcolepsy? So, many cases of narcolepsy are thought to be caused by a lack of the brain chemical called hypocrisy. Me too, Cynthia hypocretin, uh, which regulates sleep. The deficiency is sought to be a result of the immune system mistakenly attacking parts of the brain that yeah. produce hypocretin. Yep. Sounds like an autoimmune disorder. I already have an autoimmune disorder, so that's kind of crappy. Yeah, I think all mental health conditions have physical aspects to them. It's not considered a mental health condition. Social media. Okay. Take those images and then do things with them and that if the court removes the cameras, presumably those people will just use older images and we won't have affected things that would fall very far. Our position is that removal of the cameras um, does two things. One, 
it stops new images. I, I don't think we can underestimate the power of novelty when it comes to what the public is interested in. Use of old pictures, they become so hung. There's a reason why you know, we live in a world of memes where people are constantly trading around pictures. They quickly get old. There's a new one, it seems like every day is hundreds oh, of images. So the concept of removing this sort of almost sideshow uh, from what's being put out there, we think would be an important way to kind of take away the sensationalization of this case and just kind of reduce it to hopefully the words on the page. And if they're using old photos, et cetera, um, you can't stop them. But we just don't see that as being as being an issue as a constant stream of new images that are being manipulated, et cetera, to make viral content for a happy. Um, our secondary point is just that we don't like where the camera's currently sitting because it looks like where I'm sitting and my laptop. That one is on screen, so that if you look at it from the side, you can't quite see what I'm doing anymore. But it's it's a distraction for us because we feel like essentially there's a camera right over our shoulder. And we certainly understand they're not uh, zooming in on what we're doing. But I think we've already seen that once they make these images, they pass them around. I mean, they're all they cameras, and somebody else could presumably do that. And so that causes us to wait. What? Well. So if the court decides that the cameras, they're can okay, can presumably do that. And so that causes us to I missed it again. It's, it's a distraction for us because we feel like Essentially, there's a camera right over our shoulder, and we certainly understand they're not uh, zooming in on what we're doing. But I think we've already seen that once they make these images, they pass them around. I mean, they're all eight cameras, and somebody else could presumably do that. What? Okay, so the that's so ridiculous. So, so on social media, a few times people have zoomed in on the documents on the tables. Hey, Lindsay. I have never. Have you guys ever seen a courtroom put the camera? right behind the desk where you can see what's on their tables because it's in a horrible spot. I don't know why they put it there. If they just moved the camera, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. So that courtroom from everything I'm looking at is a very narrow courtroom and it looks like the defense table is uh only one walkway path that like it's it's ADA approved sized walkway on the right hand side of the state in between the state and the defense and then another one on the left hand side now if you look off to the right hand oh they can see my mouse yay uh so if you look right over here this looks like the jury's box so uh i would assume that this backs uh, uh, like up against that wall over there so um, that's a very narrow courtroom. I don't think it matters where you put the camera. They are always going to feel like it's over their shoulders. Yeah, but I think it's just an odd placement, being honest. I mean, I, I do. I feel like it's weird. What he's saying is just BS, dumb. though. It's really, it's it's really BS. I would expect a lot more from a lawyer in uh, such a public case. Uh but to say that, look, we understand the media isn't zooming in on our computers, but when the images are out there, uh, everybody else will zoom in on our computers. What? What? That's not how that works. But okay. Thank you, Built a Spill. Um, appreciate you sending that. Hey, Jay Ray. And hey, Jay Ray. Good to see you. Hi, Lindsay. Um, yes, narcolepsy is neurological it's a neurological condition that's what i've been saying um, the whole time no you said mental health that's what i've uh, been saying cynthia 
I used to be a vegetarian, not anymore. I have been severely anemic almost my whole life, Amanda. Um, and it runs in my family. And interestingly enough, all my Colombian family has O negative blood, literally everybody. And everyone has issues with anemia and everyone eats like a lot of meat. <laughs> so, but, meat eaters. but anemia, you know, actually causes. So even though it makes you super tired, it actually causes you to have almost like a form of ADD because your brain can never truly rest. Like when you're sleeping, your brain isn't doing everything it's supposed to be doing because it doesn't have what it needs, basically. Um, and this is what a doctor told me. So that's really interesting. It, it affects a lot, like a lot about your cognitive function and your brain and everything. So that causes us quite a bit of concern as well. So if the court decides that removal of the camera isn't... And I'm feeling better, Jay Ray. Thanks for asking. You have, um, I think, a bigger concern of just making sure that they're set someplace where we don't have images that are really just uh, what we're working on uh, during the case. And I don't really have much else to record. That's where it's question. Oh, so he suggested moving the cameras. Good. One of your briefs. I know it had two sequences of briefs uh, because we had this earlier, but this was your uh, newer one where you were saying, well, um, this is a quote, were it, were it only the kind of cameras used to show the workings on the house floor on C-SPAN? Um, I may be showing names, but they might have better cameras now. But when I was well, I'm sure, younger, it was but, just this camera like way over there. Um, as we previously discussed, the decision of whether to allow cameras um, in the courtroom is discretionary for the court. The state outlined our concerns with allowing cameras in our responsive brief and in our Gen 6 briefing. Primarily, those um, concerns are preserving the right. What, my, my tinfoil hat? Yeah, Ian, <laughs> Ian suggested it. And now, and then several people were talking about your hat. You got to duck down a little, though. It's too, it's too tall. The corkscrew tinfoil hat. Like this. <laughs> Creepy. To a fair and impartial trial. Agreed, Jay Ray. Protecting sensitive witnesses to testify at hearings um, and trial in this case, and safeguarding um, evidence, which is the graphic nature. We agree that the media plays an important role in the court process, and we appreciate in their briefing the measures that they identify to address some of our concerns uh, for protecting vulnerable witnesses or uh, evidence, which is of a graphic nature that they've done in previous cases. So if the court decides that removal of the camera isn't necessary, we do have, um, I think, Bigger concern just making sure that they're set someplace where we don't have images that are really just uh, what we're working on uh, during the case. And I don't really have much else to record. That's where it's questions. Well, I have one comment or question because in your one of your briefs, I know I've had two sequences of briefs uh, because we had this earlier, but this was your uh, a newer one where you were saying, well, um, this is a quote, where, where it only the kind of Wait, Joaquin Phoenix. Was it Joaquin Phoenix and signs? Yeah, it was. It was? Oh, it okay. was. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> so, Lisa, I, I'll just talk about the blood thing one more time. But um, I, I don't know about blood type and uh, having to do with autoimmune disorders, but there is like a lot of random studies done on blood type and diet. You can just Google blood type and diet. But 
I do know with having autoimmune disorders in the past that a lot of autoimmune disorders, like people that have them, have a lot of nutrient deficiencies and mineral deficiencies. Mm -hmm. So the doctor told me to take like a really good supplement and then supplement like specific things that I'm missing. Like I was like deathly low on vitamin D3 um, or vitamin D, but so I had to take a, like a really, really high dose of that. Um, iron too. And there's other things depending on your, your autoimmune disorder that you can take that you're most likely deficient in. Like another one for me was magnesium. Cause normally if you're deficient in D you're deficient in magnesium and calcium too. Um, but there's like vitamins and minerals that counteract, like, well, they, they help and aid each other to actually be used in your body. So you just have to look it up, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Deficiencies is a big one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ian was absent. He, uh, he, he put in, <laughs> he put in for PTO time. I approved it. He didn't know call no show. Ian. <laughs> Cameras used to show the workings on the house floor on C SPAN. Um, I may be showing age, but they might have better cameras. It was but, just this camera like way over there. Yeah, well that that's that's the point. I mean, I, I'm I'm just I made me think about that is just plant a, a uh, camera up there if everybody can yeah, just, just get a hold of see what's happening she seems to know a lot. Room. Maybe that can satisfy everybody just partly. That that was kind of my suggestion. That was my suggestion. I feel like somebody's gonna throw a tomato at me, but that I thought might be uh, a way to kind of give give a little uh, and just kind of protect your what we're trying to do. Yeah. I've never seen anything very sensational on C SPAN. Yeah, and that's literally what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, honestly, one thing that the court system could do is just get a uh, uh, a GoPro. Like, you don't need to literally show a girl a GoPro. Well, some people might not know what it looks. I think like. everybody knows what a GoPro is. For the size of this, no, I don't think everyone does. I mean, I don't even think they need a GoPro. Why a GoPro? The, the reason why I say a GoPro specifically is because of the size and the way that it's mounted. So it's so convenient with these little mounts that it would be so simple for them to mount this in the courtroom. It has a fisheye lens and covers the entire courtroom, everything. We wouldn't miss anything. They would be able to still maneuver the evidence and point it away from the camera when needed, but directed at the jury. And we would be able to see and hear everything. Yeah, right? they need to get their audio fixed. Like if we're not going to have cameras. Well, the judge just needs to wear it on the, the head set like this. And yeah. Then, you know, every everybody facing. gets strapped with a GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now I forgot what I was saying. Dang. I had a point. What were you saying? You interrupted me. Yeah. Your ridiculousness interrupted my train of thought. Do you feel like the wanting to take cameras out of the courtroom is with any intention of 
wanting to hide what's going on? Um, I think that that is a great question. Um, Jay Ray, do you like the new OBS setup, the stream? Oh yeah, we got StreamYard. So uh, we're hoping it sounds better. We're hoping there's no lag. We're hoping that uh, the words, the audio lines up with our mouths better. And on the video, it lines up with what they're saying better. We're hoping all that stuff. Hey, L. Um, okay, so what you were saying. Do I think it is with the intention of hiding something? Um. Maybe, maybe, okay, I think that both parties know something is up here, and I also think that it's very possible that both parties didn't realize how bad the police messed up, okay, so um, a lot of times, especially state lawyers are trying to manage their image like corporate America, and they have, let's just pretend the prosecution got handed a giant silver platter of, you know, elephant doo-doo, and they have to manage that. And they mm -hmm. aren't, none of the evidence was, was gathered right. They have uh, holes in all the paperwork. They have issues everywhere. Uh, the best thing the state could do is try and reduce the ability for the public to see what's going on in this situation. So do I think it could be a safety measure? Yes. I do not know if it's going to be a full-blown conspiracy. And the reason why I don't think it's a full-blown conspiracy is because when you guys look at the Dr. Moore case, the Dr. Moore case looks like this, a full-blown conspiracy. And it was done with just a handful of police officers. A handful of police officers created a situation where we had claims that the FBI, the DEA, all local law enforcement was involved in this case. Uh, we had claims that a doctor who had an eyewitness statement that he wasn't on at the crime scene um, and a super reliable eyewitness statement was blackmailed. Evidence was manipulated. Um, they threatened people. They threatened uh, officials, like voted in officials to make Dr. Moore look guilty. And that was just a handful of cops. So if, if I'm like, if I'm comparing and contrasting this case to that, I don't know if I feel like it's a giant conspiracy, but I do think everyone knows that it's a giant pile of shoe, you know? Yeah. I think that's very possible. Um, Ian said, did I miss earlier discussion of no cameras possibly being a way for, to get a reluctant witness to testify? No, we haven't brought that up yet. I don't, but were you on here when we went through rule 45, Ian? But I think we did talk about that a little bit that night. Like we did kind of touch on it. Yeah. Um, but I think that is very possible based off of the documents and what the, the reason the state is arguing they don't want cameras is all for the witness, essentially the witnesses um, because of the graphic nature, because of 
I, I don't remember what, how was it worded again in the document? Do you remember? I don't, are you pulling it up? Yeah, I'm trying. Are you pulling up rule 45? Yeah, I was going to pull up rule 45. It says that, okay, <laughs> sure. So, okay. So, um, so I, I do want to pull up Steve's interview with Brian Eaton and is that how you say his name? Jay Ray, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I can count on you. <laughs> I do want to pull up his interview after we finish the court hearing, guys. That's the only interview I know of with Steve right now about this. If you guys know of a different one, then please let us know. The presiding, and we just, we read through this the other night. So if you were on the other night and uh, we were reading through this, I apologize for the refresher here. But D, the presiding judge may exclude audio and video coverage of a particular participant, eyewitness, a victim statement, uh, whatever, right? Anything. Um, the presiding judge may exclude audio video coverage of a particular participant or direct that that identity or audio of a participant be concealed upon a determination that such coverage will have a substantial adverse effect upon a particular individual. It is expected the presiding judge will exercise particular sensitivity to victims of crimes. Bam. It yeah. is talked about in here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible that they're, that is the whole reason is trying. Because I think that the defense definitely wants Bethany Funk to testify. Yeah. And um, probably Dylan, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think both of them probably have the same goal, thinking it'll benefit their case. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, Jay Ray, I get that that the state may not want them to take the stand. Like I, I understand that. Um, but don't. I mean, the whole presumption that I've been hearing so far is people believe that they were coaxed into their statements. So I don't know if they could do some more coaxing. <laughs> yeah, and feel like could. it would benefit them. Um. Yes, and L, thank you for reminding me. My my point earlier that I lost was that if they're going to take cameras out, at least give us good audio. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not that windy whatever BS It's horrible and it sounds on. like everyone's whispering. Yeah. Yep. And uh for everyone who has come in in the last like 30 minutes, hit that like button for us. Help us get out there and uh spread our show. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, 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 again, I look at this situation, okay, Ian? So for those of you that have experience with the Dr. Moore case, it, it, this could be the same situation again, right? Because we had Rosendahl, who was a part of the Dr. Moore situation and a part of the Brian Koberger situation. And in the Dr. Moore case, you guys, um, there was an eyewitness of the crime. They saw a criminal, a potential suspect running away. That was a different race, skin tone, hair, uh, size, height, everything from Dr. Moore. 
and Rosendahl buried that information. Then they brought those eyewitnesses in to look at a lineup, and they didn't see anyone that matched the description. They buried that information again. Um, there, there came forward a second eyewitness to somebody running away from the crime. They buried that information again. So looking at it, could, could it be another situation like that where we're going to see a huge issue? And the one really good piece of evidence that I have that I feel like this could be the reason is, have you guys all seen how the new police force is managing things in Moscow? We watched it on stream. Right. We watched it on stream. I don't know who all was on here during that time, but they are so much nicer. The way that they're managing everything is in a much, much, much different way. They just had a live shooter, you guys. Remember, Brent Kopaka's situation, he was dropped without getting into the Brent Kopaka details and, and how he could relate to this crime. He was literally dropped, shot through the window without confirmation that he had a weapon in his hand. Um, so I guess that's one way to police. But then you have the recent shooter where um i'll i'll point out the video here um then you have this recent shooter right here guys and he uh they they went out of their way to not end him to not kill him the way they're policing is different now it has Change and this was this was multiple police forces from the Moscow Pullman area too. I know, I know. Multiple agencies. Interesting. Kopaka, according to everything we're reading, was not shooting out his window. The uh, what had happened? The recent, the Moscow guy was. Oh yes, the Moscow guy was shooting out his apartment window, and there was a police report before that shooting stating that he had weapons loaded on his apartment floor. So, wh may maybe I explained it wrong. Wh which part wasn't right, J Ray? No, you guys are fine to cuss. Yeah. We're just not supposed to cuz. Yeah. Well, our focus is growing so we can get to a point where we can do this full time and, you know, have like a day stream and the night stream and, and, and stuff like that. And the only way to do that is to make it as G rated as you can. Kopaka, according to all the statements that we've been able to read and his friend that they called and never connected him to, um, I I haven't seen that he was shooting out of his window. She listened to the scanner? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, I wonder what the, like, the fact, like, what actually happened then. Yeah. That we won't know until they close the case. They could, they could say that over the scanner and then it end up not being true. Yeah, for like sure. Like it could be a mistake. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Lisa, the, the way they've changed policing in Moscow, like when we were watching the body cam footage of them, like students peeing on the house, the, the 1122 King Road house. And um, I think that was the only one we watched, actually. Yeah. Uh, 
they were just way more polite. Like when you compare it back to when they went to the 112 King Roadhouse, okay, 1122, um, and were taking the beer and pouring it out. And just the way they treated the students was much more aggressive and rude. And now they're like overly nice, like super polite. It's it's there's a stark it's difference. It's a night and day difference. It is a night and day difference, and Absolutely. it's different officers. Yeah, yeah, night and day. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, are we going to Mr. Redley now. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I can't wait to get that co information, Jay Ray, because that's the first time that I heard that ever. That based on everything that I have, have watched and, you know, police called his friend, like there, there were some definite mistakes made with the Brent Kopaka stuff. He, they called his friend because one of the tactics when you're in a standoff with somebody is to call family or friends, try to get them on the line because there's studies showing that, uh, it has a high success rate to have those, uh, suspects give up. Well, they reached out to his friend and family and and said, hey, do you know this person? They confirmed they knew them and they said, OK, well, you know, we'll, we'll call you back. And no other contact and, and call was made. They never tried to make contact with Kopaka and uh, the friends or family. They never tried to do anything more than that. And then uh, they dropped him when he didn't even have a weapon in his hand, according to the friend who had talked directly with the police right after. I forget what show he was on. I'll pull. I'll find it, though, and uh, I'll I'll talk about it the tomorrow's stream and give where that interview is. Also, guys, at the end of that, and then I'll uh, go back to the parties. Go ahead. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, as we previously discussed, the decision of whether to allow cameras um, in the courtroom is discretionary for the court. The state outlined our concerns with allowing cameras in our responsive brief and in our Gen 6 briefing. Yeah, and you were on here earlier, Jay Ray, when I was saying it, but there, there's like a known statement out there with uh, investigations and cases where there is no perfect case. There is no perfect investigation. There is no perfect situation where we're all humans. We're going to make mistakes. There's no way around it. There's no way to get anything perfect. And in any given situation, um, we could come across a, a some point of it where one person might make a right turn, where one person might make a left turn, even though they get to the same end goal, I think there are different ways to get there. And the big issue with our police currently and why the general public has so much distrust in them is they aren't leaning on the trauma tactics and managing people to get the best outcome. Um, and we saw that in a really old live stream of ours where we were still doing politics and stuff, but uh, we watched the training tactics in Atlanta, Georgia, and their number one, I, I get Idaho is in Atlanta, but, um, that trainer travels the country and their, their number one goal is, was, was to make sure that they didn't get shot. So if a gun even points in their direction, they're being trained to drop him, even if they, have evidence the safety's on that it's not loaded that it's nothing you know that that and and i personally just don't think that's right but i 
I know I'm criticizing them, but I'm not like trying to say they did something wrong because based on the situation, they believe that he is holding hostage to people. And I understand that you got to put the safety of those people first. Um, so I, I just hope we can learn more. That's the only reason why I haven't covered that topic yet is because I don't feel like I have enough information. I don't want to create a story just based on uh, personal accounts of the situation, especially when those personal accounts have so many emotions tied up in that situation, you know? Yeah. Primarily those, um, which, which leans towards the fact that that makes me feel like the cops could have went a different way. So that guy that was actively shooting out of his window, they popped gas in there. There's, there's a lot of other options. My dad was in law enforcement and they have a lot of options to, um, create confusion for the suspect to where they can hop in there and take him down without having to end him. So, um, I could see that situation being where the, and I always side with law enforcement. You guys know that, uh, I could see a situation where they felt like it was okay to pull a trigger. Um, but was there other options too? You know what I mean? Especially you, you know how much flack we catch for talking about Brent Kopaka almost every single time someone comes on here and how dare you talk about him because he is in, he served in the military and he did all this and he did that for our country. And absolutely, man, I, I, I take my hat off to him that he put his life in front of hours and the rest of the U S to, um, do what a lot of other people out there won't or can't do. I think that is incredible. Now that history and that service does not give you a clean slate for the rest of your life. That's not how that works. So I appreciate everything he did, but I think that we would be foolish not to ask unbiased, logical questions in that situation. And I think anytime a police officer, shoots their weapon or takes down somebody, we should be asking these questions of were there other options? Why was this decision made? Was it made too quickly? You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a negative way, like saying, hey, this cop should have done this and should have done this and or anything like that. But was there other options? You know, absolutely. And hey, Casey, Hey, Casey. Um, so I saw you guys bring up the new crime circus video um, with the ladder and yes. and the roof and stuff. Who said that? And uh, Amanda. And um, it's all, I can't believe I forgot to bring that up. It's that incredible. Picture. Yeah. Here. I don't want to steal views, but I'm, I'm just going to show the picture. Hang on. It's um so I've been hearing rumblings about the ladder for a while now about uh, I mean a, a couple months people talking about the ladder and how it could have been used to climb up that area and how it led to Zana's room and the blood was coming through and we had that whole argument about the blood being able to seep out which is interesting because Trip Drop basically said the same thing you said about the blood yeah. and and like the oh, way wait, the house was wait. built. Yeah, I, I don't know if who was on here that I was talking to about that, talking about my history. I think it was Cynthia. 
Was it Cynthia? That was arguing that she didn't think it was possible. Yeah, yeah. With with how poorly the house is built. When we were looking through this house, you guys, I could tell. I could tell that that was an add-on. I could tell that it's built really poor. I could tell that that blood would easily be able to get down there. Now, this is insane. This is insane. This picture, didn't this blow you away? There's literally discoloration on the roof right here with snow that's melted in an uncommon way. Like a not natural way. Yeah. And shout out to Crime Circus too. Uh, I suggest you guys watch this video. Yeah, after, after the, the stream. <laughs> yeah, after the stream. <laughs> if you uh, haven't watched it, go check it out. Give him a like. Yes. Tell him that we sent you and that we love him so much. Yep. Yep. That sure does look like blood. It, I'm telling you, it. I. It's weird. It floored me. It floored me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what to think about it, and I do think it's very odd that the police would just pass right by that ladder and pay it no attention at all. Yeah. Um, seeing that the blood was seeping from that area of the house. And that it was coming from that room. And there's literally a ladder leading right to the room. Like those seem like very. So I, I, I'm going to be critical of one piece. Okay. That ladder would not you. Okay. That ladder's not tall, not tall enough to easily get up on the roof. You cannot lean a ladder against a wall flat and get up on the roof it tips backwards because of your body weight like the mass of your body is on the the outside of the ladder so my only concern in this whole video it was the height of the ladder i'm not saying that's not possible is it an extendable ladder though i don't know i don't know i didn't okay, get to rewatch this video look up a picture because there's pictures of it look up the king road house oh yeah he probably shows a picture of it there you go that was a good one. It is not an extendable ladder. Oh, it's pretty short. How much higher does it do you need to go till you get to the ledge? Hmm. Yeah, so that would be you would have to be crawling. It's like because, a painter's ladder. Yep. When you pull that ladder out, it's also going to reduce a little bit more in size too, um, which would make it harder however i do think someone can get on this roof you guys i do but why i bring that size up of the ladder is because so many people have question marks about the surviving roommates could a woman with no upper body well not no upper body strength not comparable upper body strength to a man because women are stronger in their lower body men are stronger in their upper body could they easily hop up there with not much to grab on, right? Yes, you're right. They could easily go down it, 100%. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And this is my first time seeing this, you guys, when uh, when Crime Circus put this out. So I, I thought it was incredible. Okay. I thought it was phenomenal. Casey, I see your point because I do feel like his earlier idaho four videos were crazy speculation 
and a little too out there for me. Yeah. But his more recent videos. Yeah. More of them make have sense. Have reeled it in a little bit. Now the tunnels. No. Just no for me. No. I, I don't believe that. Me neither. Um, but the ladder is interesting. Mm -hmm. The window and the marks on the roof are interesting. Yeah. And Jay Ray, you're just on it. You're just killing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I still think that that blood is real and could uh fall down that outside of the house um just because that that's a separate um slab of concrete and with how walls work i i don't know if if that's a crappy house it would be interesting whenever they do tear this house down to look at how this house was built while they're tearing it down you would be able to see how much space is in between the walls did they use spray um foam or did they use the the rolled foam if they use rolled foam there's a ton of gap that could be in there if they use sprayed foam okay i there's no way more than likely that that made it down there did they use foam at all or did they skip that little piece of four foot section of wall um there's no way to know without getting that taken down but I, I like Crime Circus a lot, and and that's one of our arguments that we make all the time is that uh, we'll go tin hat all day long. We'll talk about anything because in order to reaffirm um, theories that make sense, you got you have to look at everything. Otherwise, you're looking at the situation biased right from the start, in my opinion. So. What? Casey. The pair having BK parasailing into the house was hilarious. It you, was super got, funny. We were dying <laughs> laughing watching that. Yeah. It's so funny that I feel like it had to have been a joke. Um, but I think anyway, what do you blood, Amanda? You think it's blood? What? Oh, 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 uh on the roof. On the roof. Um I I the I haven't looked at that. I haven't done any research into this, you guys. What else could it be? What else could it's it a, be? It's very red for it to be blood at this point in You're time. You're right. You're it's right. It's too red. Yeah. So my, now, do I think that takes away? Cold. Does it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's oxygen. No. Uh, it being oxygen. Yeah. Dude. Cold? Cold at this point, blood when, appear more red okay, than brown. Okay. But I want to know when this picture was taken. Yeah. Okay. Because after a certain point, like the snow probably melted and then more snow and stuff like that. If this is right after the crime, then okay, maybe. Um, I don't know when this picture's from, so that matters. But um make sure you guys watch <laughs> this video after the stream if you haven't, though, because this is his newer video and I, I try not to watch newer content creators videos on here uh, just because I don't want to take stuff from them. You know? right, when they just post the video. Yeah. 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 I don't want to take their views. 14 hours ago and we have so much respect for Crime Circus and Drip Drop. So um, just so that we could at least talk about it. Yes. Know? There are berries on the tree on the other side of the house. So what I was getting at is, okay, when I was probably like teenager to college age, I had a ledge outside of my window at the house I was living at. And I used to go out there to smoke because um, I didn't smoke in the house. So I would just step outside my window 
So how do we know? Like this is, I mean, we saw people on the roof at the frat house. Uh, yeah. Like literally just walking around yes. the roof without easy yes. window access like that. So is this a place where people stepped out like to smoke, like when, you know, Zana had people over in her room or maybe she did, um, you know, could this be a path that was like, or an area that people stepped out on a lot and crushed berries yeah. or um, left some kind of residue there? I don't know. It could be anything. Was something set there for a while that left some kind of rust? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything because like that. Here's the thing in this situation. If, if that is blood, the only option, you guys, the one and single only option is a giant police cover-up and conspiracy. Because if there's that much blood right there, imagine how much blood there would be opening the windows, pulling up the blinds, going out the window where your clothes rub on that met that metal plastic at the bottom and on the sides when you're holding because you would have to grab the window like this and go out of it. Okay. Um it would be everywhere. It would literally be everywhere, right? With that much blood there. That that would that would require a ton of blood. Yeah, a ton. Um yeah, I think a lot of people would smoke there just to avoid smoking in the house and not having to walk downstairs and go all the way outside or, you yeah. know, like it's just easy and quick flicking your ashes there, flicking cigarette butts there. Like, who knows? That stain could be anything. I don't think it's blood, but it doesn't take away to me the validity of somebody escaping through that area and using that ladder or accessing the window through that ladder. Like, I do think that is possible. Um, I know we'll never now, know. It's somebody in the chat said, how would no one have seen somebody going up into the window? Nobody saw anything that night from what we know. Like it, it seems like a blind spot in time. Yeah. Like the only people who saw things were the people that died yeah. is what it seems like. So it, it's very odd in my opinion that it seems like nobody saw anything and there's literally cameras around in the neighborhood but they only saw a car. They never saw a person like going in the house or doing anything yeah. uh, or sneaking around. Like they never saw an actual person being shady. Only apparently Koberger's car driving around or a car. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And like you said, Jay Ray, we may never know. Yeah. It, it's a wild, wild Wild. The one footprint is bizarre. And we, we pulled up the map, that yep. 3D I know. map of the house. So they've taken down the 3D walkthrough, but you can pull that up sucks. the pictures and look at it. And that's why we've been looking for Koberger and, and his signing hand. And the reason why is because that footprint was a left foot footprint coming off of a four inch step down. Now, it, when you're only walking down a single step, most of the time you're going to lead or you're going to step down with your lead foot. So if you're left-handed, more than likely your comfortable lead foot is going to be your left foot. So when you're quickly walking through a house because you just committed a quadruple homicide and you go to step down this four-inch step that you already know is there, you would more than likely step with your, your dominant foot which would mean 
more than likely they're left-handed. But there's no way to confirm that. There's no way to know for sure. It's just a potential theory based on statistics, you know. No way, Amanda. They took down the memorial service? That's weird. I wonder why. I wonder if there were people on there that didn't want to be tied to it. I don't what? know. It's a memorial for the victims. I, I get it. But what what people's faces did they show? Because with all the heat and all the attention, did students complain like, hey, that memorial service shows my face. I don't want anyone to see my face. You know, I'm just thinking of possibilities. Okay, we're waiting, Jay Ray. Yeah, we're waiting. Lindsay said that's wicked inside about the footprint. It's really interesting, and we we thought that was odd for a while now. Also, the fact that it was a van's footprint, and we were looking at and Saeed. You know what's interesting? is only 10% of the population is left-handed. That knocks out 90% of potential suspects. And if... That that person's left-footed, and I believe that it they would be left-footed. Like, if I had to bet on statistics one way or the other, I bet that that person knew the house already, they knew that step was there, they knew that they were going to be stepping down and quickly walking out of the house, so they would have led with their dominant foot, but, you know. Yeah, but that's weird to take down the video of the memorial service. Like, why wouldn't you let that just exist in time forever? Like, I, it's honoring them. I get it, but I don't think a lot of so people you just, want to be connected to this case anymore because there's a ton of attention. There's a lot of people that look at this case unbiased and try to be fair and honest and open and respectful, but there's a lot of people that don't. Just because. We try and not offend people, but ask unbiased questions doesn't mean that the rest of the population out there is. You know what I mean? I think law enforcement was right from the start, too, that it was a crime of passion. Well, actually, I take that back. I don't know for sure. I think it was either that, Casey, or it was like a hit job. Yeah, we we wondered that, too, Jay Ray, because we found a statement that said that footprint was only found after bringing in the black light. Well, the luminol is or, what Jay Ray said. I'm sorry, luminol. Yep. They, so it luminol. wasn't literally a bloody footprint there. Jay Ray, I think you're the one who told us that, that they had to use luminol or something like Which that. Which means it was wiped up. It was cleaned up. It yes. It was cleaned up. Which is weird. Super um, strange. Ian, we're talking about the footprint in the home right in front of Dylan's store and how it's a step down off of a four inch ledge uh, with the left foot, meaning most likely the person was left handed, dominant left foot, dominant left hand. So we were trying to figure out if Koberger was left or right handed. From what I've seen, everybody has said right, but we'll see. Yeah, I think he someone says he signed something in this video. Tell me if the video is too loud on your end, guys. Oh, 
I didn't share this tab. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, for protecting vulnerable witnesses. What? I'm getting used uh, to evidence, so, which is of a graphic I have to get used to the new OBS. Just give me, give me a day, okay? Yeah, those kids totally did go on the roof. Like, we've seen kids in the neighborhood on roofs. Yeah, on so, the body cam footage going to uh, the party house up the street or whatever, there was, like, two or three kids on that roof. And I feel like that's, like, actually a really normal thing for young younger kids to do. I don't know why, but it is. So, I don't know. I just don't... I think that it's very possible that was a well-used area of the roof. I thought it was blood, but I could be wrong. Hmm. What? Didn't they say print, though? wasn't necessarily blood, but just anything on the shoe, like cleaning agents yep. even. One thing to mention was uh, if there's any validity to the 911 call, you guys. So it, I don't know if you guys have seen this here. I don't know if you've watched this video here of ours, but um, someone reached out to us giving us their secondhand account of a firsthand account. And we were <laughs> the a third hand account, I guess, to to talk about the story. But um, they said that like 10 people went in the house, 10 kids went in the house. So could there be some foolery going on before like with the roommates sure absolutely there could be but could this also explain how people were in the house too and could one of them while checking on them and checking the victims stepped and been like oh shoot i don't want nothing to do with this and wiped it up you know what i mean so that account does make kind of sense but okay so that whole thing said basically that Bethany and Dylan went in the kitchen together and found Ethan's body, then ran out and they passed out. Well, now there's several accounts going around that are supposedly from students there in the town saying that Bethany never went upstairs ever. She never saw the bodies. She was downstairs the entire night and in the morning and went outside and was a part of the crowd outside but she never went upstairs. And apparently that's confirmed. Like that is a fact. How? I don't, I'll have to look into it more. So but from that, everything I'm seeing, Bethany never went upstairs ever. So then that makes the whole thing junk. Yep. Yep. We'll, we'll have to look into why people believe that though. I'm, I'm curious. I will. In a situation like that, I always want to know what the contradicting evidence is, you know? Done in previous cases. Yeah, it it's so isn't it funny how much heat like Dylan got at first when maybe it's Bethany's involvement? Well, see, I'm wondering Bethany was okay in that where the front door is, like her room is right there. Like she's at that bottom floor right there where the killer, I mean, would have parked. Aren't they saying he parked right there? Uh, harsh reality is awesome. Um, I haven't seen that video, but what, uh, who they're saying Brian pulled up to the house and parked right there. Okay. Okay. She's right there. Her yeah. bedroom is right there. Yes. Bethany's room is right there. Yeah. So they're saying 
that Bethany has exculpatory exculpatory evidence. What if a car never pulled up and that's her exculpatory evidence? Yeah. It's like there was no car. Yeah. Or she heard somebody climbing on the roof or yeah. like I don't know, I'm just thinking cuz there's windows there. Yeah. Even though she never went upstairs, that doesn't mean that she didn't hear something and look. No, for, or for sure. out windows or cuz I feel like that area of the house she is in a a good place to see who's coming and who's going. Hey, Joey. What if she saw somebody leaving or coming and it wasn't Brian and she knew who it was? Yeah. Or at that time. That, trust me. I think any of these theories are possible. I also think that they're, they have no involvement at all is possible. I think any of these things are possible. And it's part of the reason why we need answers in this situation. I truly think that we should be able to get some sort of answers in this situation because the, the general public had such an involvement in this case and there's no way to make us not be involved in it. They, there's been so much character assassination, image painting that everybody in the whole nation and world is bought into this case. I mean, I don't think they had anything to do with it necessarily, but that doesn't mean they don't have like some evidence of things they saw or heard. I think that they could have something to do with it as much as them not having something to do with it. I think that literally anything is up in the air. Yeah. Anything. But I think it's really interesting, um, her location and them saying, because she never went upstairs, you guys, then how does she have exculpatory evidence? And And one good thing to point out, is it's the prosecution who is scared of her evidence, not the defense. Yeah. It is the prosecution who went out of their way to not let her testify, make a, to testify and make a statement, not the defense. And they had the secret grand jury so that she wouldn't have to testify. Correct. Now, could it, uh, could, going back to what we were talking about earlier, could the prosecution have been handed a giant silver platter of elephant turd and they're trying to manage it the best they can? And uh, Bethany's statement pokes holes in the current mainstream story. Could that be the case? I think it's totally likely. Hmm. I think it's totally likely. However, our contention, um, our contention is that the safest way and best way to address all of these concerns is to prohibit cameras in the courtroom or in the alternative prohibit cameras when sensitive or vulnerable witnesses are testifying or there's evidence being viewed that's of a graphic nature. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Who's else? You know how much evidence I've seen watching uh court cases though where they just blur that out yeah they blur it out i do want to bring up steve's interview that's where i want to get through this okay, we'll get through it. and i think you know, really, oh, we got to where we were three months ago with respect to what the courts the rule of court has to consider in terms of whether to continue to allow cameras in the courtroom and that's idaho court um, I hear you, Jay Ray. My only question is, is how much does the prosecution know 
or not know because lawyers are are not dumb to the fact that um, they can choose not to have information shared with them, which would put them in a situation where they would have to come forward and and back out of the charges. You know what I mean? Uh, They could be looking for an easier out with less eyes. I think that if they just all of a sudden drop the charges, can you imagine the outrage? That was my theory of why Man. they why they put it to a DP case because it's a higher burden of proof with the death penalty. And it doesn't seem like a very strong case. So, nope. And I think a lot of people have been echoing that, even people who think he could be guilty. Yes. So um, I don't know. That was kind of my thought. Yeah. And in general, when you read through that rule, it really addresses the concerns that the parties have raised to this oh, court good. about what the court's discretion is, about good. what it can, uh, how it can direct cameras, where they're to be in the courtroom, all of those things that it can restrict. Uh, I agree. They shouldn't have brought them. Camera coverage when there is a particularly sensitive witness. And, and I think you're on what you The similarities between this case and Dr. Moore is scary. It is terrifying. So on the declarations that we submitted, the declaration of Rebecca Boone and the declaration of Grace Wong, I said these are journalists who are experienced in covering court cases and in covering court cases where there are cameras, uh, both video cameras and still cameras, and following the court's admonitions about what can be covered and what can't be covered. And I think particularly are with respect to Ms. Boone's declaration, and Ms. Boone who's a graduate of the University of Idaho's journalism program, who continues to be an advisor to that program, and who certainly would have not only the best interests of her employer at heart, but she understands this community. I mean, her experience has been that when you have these cool uh, cameras, both still and video, and when you allow camera coverage to the extent that you can, it better serves the public and it helps ameliorate the, the kind of um, media, or media scrum is probably not the, the term that my clients would want to use, but that's sort of a big gaggle of journalists who accumulate outside of the courtroom uh, when there is no opportunity to be inside the courtroom, when you can't, when you don't get the opportunity to have that full procedure. So I think the court can use Idaho Court Administrative Rule 45 and craft a solution. Right. With the DP case, they do need to be sure. But it was my theory, possibly, that they brought it to that extreme because they I don't I don't know. I, I can't remember what all I was speculating at that time. But it was like because it's a higher burden of proof that maybe it would give Anne a greater chance of getting it thrown out by something. Yep. Just something. Agreed. Agreed. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that could be done. I'm not a lawyer. I was just speculating and it could be total like just ridiculousness yeah. and no, me not knowing what I'm talking no. about. But it's it's not. When <laughs> attorneys go to court, they are playing almost a game of 3D chess where you're not only having to worry about your own moves, but you're also having to guesstimate and assume what your opponent's moves are before they are. And you have to... You have to plan what your move is and then mm. look at, oh, what five options do they have to, to do here next? Okay, maybe that isn't such a strong move. Maybe I need to move this one because they only have three options. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just a prolonged um, version of chess that they're playing here. Yeah, so you guys are right. It probably was to make him take a plea deal. Um, have they offered a plea deal though? At, like after, cause normally they will offer one. Yeah. So did they offer one? Cause I haven't heard any offerings of a plea deal and I do not think he will plead. I do not think he would. No. Period. No. I don't think he will.
whether he's guilty or not. If he's guilty, then narcissistically, he probably will not plead out thinking he can get out of it. Think um, of Dr. Moore. Yeah. Or he's innocent and knows that he's innocent. And I wouldn't plead if I was innocent. And he has knowledge no. of the law. And he has an either. excellent defense attorney. Yeah. So I do not think he will plead, no matter what. That continues to allow the journalists who are working hard to cover this case to be able to do so in a way that both allows them to provide really a firsthand account of what's going on. And again, I don't think we can underestimate the importance of that firsthand video account as well, because they're just, we're just in this day and age where people are used to seeing things firsthand. There's cameras everywhere. Um, to be able to really have great confidence in the proceedings, I think it's important for the court to allow some sort of in-courtroom camera coverage of the proceedings. People are going to need to be able to see firsthand for themselves um, yeah. how the evidence is presented, uh, how the, um, you know, they want to see the rulings of the courtrooms. They can learn a lot from that in a way that they can't learn from people who then are in the courtroom and they go set up outside and, and they talk about what happened. And so I think you know, that's a good reason to continue the policy uh, that the court has had. And then I think, Your Honor, with, with all due respect to Mr. Lawson, I just don't think there are the violations of the things that the court said at the outset of the June 27th hearing. I, I was not here. I read about it in um, Mr. the attachment that Mr. Lawson made in his initial, or the reference Mr. Lawson made in his initial pleading in this round. And, and my reading of that, Your Honor, is in the, actually the Fox News story, is that the uh, is that the court said, and of course the court said it, so I'm sure the court's memory is the, is the best, but that the court uh, made a comment that the court should, of course I'm having a hard time. We were looking at Crime Circus's um, pictures and suggesting everyone go watch that video. It, it is a good video. It's a really, really, really good video. Uh, that, that latter information is really interesting and makes you wonder, did they even look outside honestly? Like how in-depth was this investigation? Did we have such biased police work that they walked in and said, you know what? This is what it is, you know, and that's the wrong way to approach any evidence in crime. You should be letting the evidence lead your story, not your story lead the evidence. Um, hey, American Princess. Hey, good to see you. Do you want to watch this or do you want to watch like the end where they talk about like their decision? I mean, we can watch the end, I don't care. I want to hear where the judge says what he wants to do. And the people who are in this courtroom today are here to make a spectacle of this proceeding. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Ms. Olson. So I, I just uh, I hope I sent out a message uh, to, to the media and everybody else uh, that please have patience, be respectful, and be decent. That's what I so thank you. Thank you. Okay, any response? To be fair, has the media been disrespectful except for um the close-up shots? Can you guys think of any other time the media's been disrespectful? I, I mean, I think they're calling the the crotch shot the media. That yeah, and which it's not, it's social media that yeah. did that. Yeah. Um, but they're also calling like I think it's, they said like, it's like a sideshow. Yeah. They feel like that's disrespectful to the case, I think. But okay. like, okay. I don't know. You you know, we had someone comment on one of our videos that said, um, it, if Brian Koberger got out that, that 
he ha- he wouldn't live very long anyways like people would go after him probably gosh it's just the whole situation is scary and the whole situation with um the character assassination is scary stuff man it is but casey anthony's still alive and out making documentaries so yeah consideration. Uh, of course, I am especially sensitive to the parties of the case. I saw uh, Mr. Thompson kind of smile a little bit about, you know, there were all, in a lot of these cases where they were sensationalized and uh, heavily filmed and talked about, um, the, the, the defendants were acquitted. And so therefore, that proves that they got a fair trial. Um, well, we want we want trials to be balanced uh, for both sides. And uh, I, I don't know if I was reading your mind a little bit about that, Mr. Thompson, but um, it can it can tilt it can tilt tilt a case uh, one way or the other uh, if it's uh, if the media is well trying the case in the media. And we don't want that because that's not based on evidence. That's not based on the rules of the court. Um, and it can get out of control. And I think some of those cases that were cited in this in the uh, declaration of court TV uh, personnel um, are kind of seeing it one way. Uh, and they have they have a certain job to do. And one thing I did want to say, too, I probably should have said it in the beginning. Um, we appreciate the new member, Kate, Kate Kreh. So I haven't posted that. Um, I haven't made the post yet for it, but we appreciate you guys. And um, yeah, we have quite a few new members. So it's awesome. Amazing. It is. It's super awesome. I understand that. Uh, but some of those cases, in, in my opinion, uh, kind of spun out of, out of control. And that, uh, based on uh, the media and how heavily it was covered. So that's my worry. I'm going to figure it out and try to do the right thing for both the public and the parties and the rule of law. So with that, we're adjourned. Uh, those cases spun out of control. I, I'm, I wish he would have elaborated I- on that. So there was no decision. No, there's no decision. I wish he would. He said that there's a bunch of cases that he's looking at that he felt like spun out of control with media coverage, and he doesn't want this to happen here. So I'm curious what he's talking about. I really wish he would elaborated on that and, and, and said, hey, 
this case here did this wrong with media. This case here did this wrong with media. This case here did this wrong with media. Because it, when he's just dropping bombs like they were out of control, what what does that mean? Does that mean that he's afraid that people are going to have opposing opinions on these cases? Because what? why is there a problem with that? Why is there a problem with that? Now, I completely understand there being a problem with them posting a picture of Koberger's fly being down in the same way that I would have a problem if they posted a picture of the defense or the the state's fly being down with anybody's fly being down. That's not why we're there. Even if it's all the way down, while it might be funny to chuckle at or whatever, it's just not needed. That is a disrespect to the situation and what's going on. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just wish you would have explained more. I agree, Viking. I do think that he is a thoughtful guy and has tried really hard to be unbiased this entire case. And in the beginning of this stream, I had talked about how I've appreciated his judging so far, but this is one area where I don't agree with him. I feel like there's some holes. I feel like there's some gaps. And uh, I just hope that he truly looks at the entire situation from uh, a 3D standpoint. All I right. Sent you, the link. you sent it to me? Yep. Okay. We're going to bring up the Steve Goncalva's interview now. Whoa, site can't be reached. What? Yeah. So just go to Twitter then. Oh. Well, hold on just a second, guys. Sorry. Did that all just show on stream or no? Oh, no. YouTube sharing. Okay. Okay. Now, now search Brian. No. I-A-N. Now, space. E-N-T-I-N. And then Steve Goncalves or Gonzalez. This? Yep, that's it. Okay. Oh. What are you doing? That's on the post. That's as good as it's gonna get, unless we can zoom it in. 
we really got to figure out how to zoom these things in. Yep. All right. So this is the Steve Gonsalves. Gonsalves, right? Yeah. Gonsalves interview um, in reference to the cameras in the courtroom. Where are we at here? Okay, good. Is that um, cameras all the community needs to determine who this individual is. You cannot ask for the community to do the death penalty without their vision, without their support, without their understanding of all the aspects of the case. It's more than just the jury members. It's the community. It's a message for everybody to understand in Idaho. This is how we work. We're not the same as Chicago. We're not the same as Miami and New York and LA. This is how Idaho perceives a, a, a major incident. And this is how we react to it. And um, we have the resources to do that. So um, I don't know what removing the cameras really provides other than a gap, you know, and we've had a gag order in this case and that, that didn't work out well. You know, you, you hear about other um, people who've been placed under a gag order. It, it doesn't seem that the uh, constitution works well with this constitutional time of when it's okay to speak about i don't know i don't want to say the truth but i want to say when people are going to speak about a case and let the audience decide what the truth is you know a gag order is a an old ver version of controlling the narrative you can't control it anymore with you know social media tiktoks and you know like I, I i've said i mean let's be real you can you absolutely 100 percent can before um it's not nbc abc and these three medias that control this narrative the whole world sees everything so pretending like um you can control and what are you trying to control are we just displaying truth in action? To me, the courtroom is truth in action. So why do we hide that? Were you surprised, Steve, to see the prosecution also now say that they don't want cameras? <laughs> I want to say yes. But I'm shocked at how many times the prosecution and uh, the defendant are on the same page. And then there are some cer certain things that they have in common and they rise up. They rise up over and over and over. I won't say them now, but if they keep rising up over my daughter's truth and justice, mm -hmm. then I will just call them out on those, those common What do you think he means by that? What? what do you think he means by that? that they're on the same page in a lot of instances 
And if they keep rising up over his daughter's justice, he's going to call them out. I don't know. That's a, that's a strange thing to say. I've heard a couple different strange things already as he's talking. I, I don't know what that means. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it means that, you know, if any of the families have been in the limelight, uh, it's their family and almost everything from the death penalty shirts to the two interviews they did um, to the comments made, the leaving big question marks. Uh, could it just be a somewhat ego comment? Like, you know, I, I feel like because of my situation, I have the power to call them out. Or is he directly referencing something with a specific piece of information in mind? I don't, I don't know. That's a hard so how many things have they agreed on? They've agreed on the gag order, the cameras, anything else? Can you can you guys think of anything else they've agreed on? Because I've seen them as fighting, like tooth and nail clawing at each other, um, especially as of recent with the witness tampering and that whole mess. So. Yeah. I just don't know. No. I think we missed the very last part of what he said there. Yeah, I do think he thinks they're hiding something. Clearly, he feels like he should be we should all everyone should be allowed to know everything. Um and I agree with him. I think everyone should be allowed to know what's going on. Yeah. I don't like the gag order. I think it's they're talking they're complaining about this side so sideshow circus. That's because of them. That's because the more they lock down this information, the more everybody wants to know what's going on is asking why. Yeah. Why are you hiding this? Yeah. What are you hiding? So that's all that is their fault 100%. All the speculation and media sideshow thing going on that is their fault if they opened it up and gave us the facts then it wouldn't there'd be nothing to speculate about i agree i agree 100 percent, and i i think that's why we've been saying this whole time that there should be a standard of practice um <laughs> rolled out across the entire nation at, at the bare, very bare minimum, there should just be an expected expected standard for the courts to lean on to look at what's right. You know, and that's what I was kind of, that's kind of what we were saying the other night is why not just let like one local media company go which, in there which with is, one camera which is what the rule 45 specifically says that uh there might be circumstances where one media source will be recording video and audio and they are required to share it all with everybody yep required amanda they did agree on the house demolition thank you so camera gag order house demolition yeah interesting because all of that is actively hiding evidence. 
Yeah, I know. All three of those doesn't let the public know what's going on. I know. And could potentially be hiding facts and evidence. I get it. I know. So that's pretty crazy if you think about it. It is. So maybe that's what he's referencing. Like you guys are hiding all the information. Like everything they agree on is always hiding things. Yeah. That's the only time they agree. That's crazy. So that's a little weird. It is. Have in common. Thanks, Amanda. And they rise up. They rise up over and over and over. I won't say them now, but if they keep rising up over my daughter's I'm sure they would justice, then I will just call them out on those those commonalities that they have. And uh I mean I just want a camera. I just want the truth. I just want everyone to see what's going on. That makes me radical. Okay. I'll live with that. Shannon, does it matter what the families think in the eyes of the court? I mean, we've all, I've seen the filings from the prosecution defense, the media. Um, like, does the family have a say with, when it comes to the cameras? Well, I mean, ultimately, I can't speak for the prosecution in this case or the defense in any way. Um, as as an experienced as a prosecutor, as a former prosecutor, and uh, um, you know, we always listen to the victims. Um, a lot of times, the victims have a, an opportunity to speak to us about resolutions, how the case might be resolved. You know, certain things that go on during the case, we want them involved in um, along those lines. Um, and so, I think. That's part of the family putting out the statement today was to voice their opinion about what they thought about having cameras in the courtroom and hoping that people were listening uh, to what they were saying. So um, I, I, I have I can't speak to the the prosecution or the defense and and what 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 they might be thinking. So in your role representing the families, does the prosecution come to you? like with situations like this and say, you know, what does the family think about cameras? Well, we had, uh, we were, we were always hopeful. Um, but I think that's the reason we put out the statement today. Um, uh, I think if we had been approached or asked in some way um, about that, um, at least the Gonzalez family, um, I'm not sure they contacted, I don't know, I can't speak to see if they've contacted any of the other families. I don't think they've they contact the Carnoodle family or uh, the Mogans um, about the courtroom um, cameras in the courtroom, but they did not contact the Gonzalez family through me to ask us what our opinion was. And um, the family stressed to me that they thought it was an important thing that uh, that the world know and people know what they thought about it, um, and that they thought it was important that cameras be in the courtroom. And so um, that's why the statement was put out by the family. Um, to let people know what they, their thoughts were. In the statement, Steve, it says that the case is surrounded by secrecy. Um, can you elaborate on that a little more? Like what you guys meant by that? Good question. Um, I've talked with multiple family members and I want to be respectful for everybody's viewpoint. And um, there is some fear that uh, the cameras will record things that are um, gross. You know, they're not, they're not 
ready to have their friends and family members can you know come to what? them and say hey did you hear about this or that and um understand that what I really do so they come to me and uh, the cameras will record things that are to let people know what they, their thoughts were in the statement steve it says that the case is surrounded by secrecy um can you elaborate on that a little more like what you guys meant by that um I've talked with multiple family members and I want to be respectful for everybody's viewpoint. And um, there is some fear that uh, the cameras will record things that are um, gross. You know, they're not, they're not ready to have their friends and family members can, you know, come to them and say, Hey, did you hear about this or that? And um, understand that I really do. So they come to me and I um I reflect what they're saying, I absorb it, and then I also tell them from a legal perspective from my law my my lawyer counsel. Um it's hard. So I'm really confused the direction he's talking about. So it this case should be about the victims getting justice for the victims his daughter's one of them but he's talking about the secrecy in the case is to protect uh family members of the victims from having to be confronted from other friend friends and family members of the crime so i think essentially what he's saying here is that some of the family is afraid of the cameras recording their testimonies. Like, I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about witnesses here, okay? Like, people who could take the stand. <laughs> afraid of the cameras and it getting out something they don't want out that's gross, okay? And then other family hearing it and being like, oh my gosh, so that night you were high on coke and having an orgy? And that's why you didn't hear anything? <laughs> like, it was an example, okay? Yeah. But, like, another... like, they don't want their family hearing that about them and what was going on at that time. And that prioritizes, like... That's what I was trying to say when you were making the whole buy argument that night, is that I feel like it doesn't prioritize a murder trial. <laughs> Of well, your friends. I still stand by that comment because I'm putting myself in their heads. But on an looking at it from the exterior, I agree with you. We feel the same thing. We think the same thing 100%. But that's just a really weird take. I don't know. I feel so strange about that. That is not the question that was asked. And the way that it was framed and explained was just strange i think he's 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 beating around the bush a little bit here he's trying to say things without fully saying them which is making it come out awkward awkward yeah yeah he's trying to tell us things without actually saying them which i appreciate he's trying to say it but 
just come out and say it then. If it were me, I would just come out and say it at that point. I'm not yeah. going to beat around the bush. I'm going to say it or I'm not going to say it. But, I mean, maybe he's in a tricky spot. You, you know, he's a he's a grieving father. Like, no, I look, I get it. I understand it 100%. Um, but if it has to do with drugs and sex, I mean, statistically, 90% of college kids uh, use drugs in their college time 90 percent so there is nothing nothing that could come out that i think would be bigger than the truth but that is my opinion i understand different people see things differently and uh you know maybe a a public image is more important to to one person <laughs> than it is to another there's no way really to know yeah, drug use, orgies, anything, having sex with multiple Dude. people. None of that makes anybody gross. No, that's it's... my every Friday. <laughs> Talk about every day. <laughs> Drugs and sex are super normal. To really argue what a camera is going to be in a courtroom. Except for Ian. Negatively, you know, like... We're here asking. Ian was here last Friday for somebody in the community to <laughs> judge us in individual. Oh, so let's just hang it out there. Let's hang. Let's show every aspect and every fact that I feel is a fact. The community should agree that that's an that is a fact, whether it's DNA or whatever <laughs> it is. So. But I still respect all these family members and their own individual processing of um, their preparedness for what's about to happen. And um, it's terrible. You, you really cannot prepare yourself to understand that the legal yeah, system is so normal. All of us through the mud. And that's the only way you can get to the truth. So. If I'm going to go through the mud, I'd rather have all the witnesses that I can possibly have than to create a narrow bubble yeah. there in uh, Lotau County. Yeah, it, it should be a non-issue unless it impacted that situation, though, you know, and there could be a couple situations that. It, it impacted that, like maybe the girls were together, you know, I, I don't know. It literally could be anything, but anything shouldn't matter because they aren't the ones on trial. See, that that was my point with the whole buy thing is that it is a non-issue because nobody needs to know those details. I I get it. it and it is a non-issue. Okay. It's not a non-issue. It should be a non-issue. But for the person living that, it would feel like an issue. And that's what I was trying to explain. Mm. In Moscow and say that, you know, hey, I want to have yeah. the support of everyone that the justice was put in place. And um, hey, Cynthia. the evidence was that clear. I'm thinking about, you know, the them wanting to tear the house down, the university and sort of the fight over that. Um, and now not wanting cameras and the prosecution also not, not wanting cameras. And they gave their legal arguments, which, you know, I, I, I guess makes sense in one way, you know, that witnesses might be scared to testify when cameras rolling, especially like emotional witnesses. But I'm also wondering. Like yeah. I, 
I see your point, Jay Ray. I think that that I feel like I'm not doing a very good job explaining it because I I feel like there's two points to look at here. There's the general social view on these topics, and then there's my view. And I am there's nothing that anybody could say that had to do with drugs or sex, which is going to make me personally feel like it should be removed from a case, added from a case, have anything to do with a case other than getting to the truth of a case. But that's not what we generally see in society. In society, they usually do care about these things, at least in a way where it can be trolled on online. You know what I mean? So when I'm trying to answer a question, I'm trying to answer it two ways. What I think the general public will do, the online public, and what my personal opinion is. And guys, it's not 1 a.m. here. It's uh, it's almost midnight here. And the like, central Midwest. <laughs> um, I thought Jay Ray was saying the main. Point. So if they were actually using or selling the main source of the problem resulting in their death, Ethan's parents are like, if your kids weren't druggies, my kids would still be alive. Like, like they're blaming each yeah. other kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I get that. Like, I, I understand it. I, I understand how they could come to that conclusion. I understand how that could be uncomfortable. I understand all of that. Me personally, I just go back to uh, everybody grieves differently. And um, if I was a parent of one of them, I, I would just want to know the truth. But that's in my own lived experience of understanding that 90% of college kids are, are using drugs during their college time at one time or another. Um, an even higher percentage are having sex uh, it, during their college time. So for me, there is nothing out there that could relate with those two topics, which would make me personally feel like it's a good point to not have cameras or not find the truth. However, I understand that his parents could be from a different generation where it is really important to them to not have those things come out, right? And I think that that's one area that doesn't have anything to do with Koberger that could have been a negative for the media coverage is right when this happened, the media took these four students and labeled them like this is America's children, you know, like these are our angels in America. This is exactly what all American children should look like. And they put all those victims on a pedestal, which rightfully so they should have put them on a pedestal, but for being victims and needing to find the, the, the killer of this crime, not because they live some holy life that doesn't have to do with sex and drugs, because our society looks at sex and drugs in a negative light. Yeah, well, she's Jay Ray also said that um, Steve Gonzalez said that when the police came out and said it was targeted, it pitted the families against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think any of this is connected? Like, without cameras, the story sort of goes away. The town doesn't look as bad. Without the house, 
you know, you don't have to think about it every day. The school can go back to normal. Like, do you think it's all connected or do you think it really yeah. is just sort of legal? Like both sides just don't want the cameras for the legal reasons. Which it, I just kind of feel bad a little bit for Ethan's memory and no, no one throw mud at me for this, you know, be, because it's my own personal experience on the outside looking in, but, uh, Gosh, that would be such a hard thing it, for that to be what's important, you know, like being ashamed that he was sleeping at his girlfriend's house. Um, that's such a small factor in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, he he's never going to be around again to sleep at his girlfriend's house. These are such small issues in the grand scheme of the situation. 100%. Lisa, the there's a stream schedule right here right now is because I'll pin it for a little bit. There is capital business decisions being made on top of You're welcome. justice systems. So no, there is no way to what? pretend like what did he say? He's all eating you right here, right now is because did like without cameras, the story sort of goes away. The town doesn't look as bad without the house you know, you don't have to think about it every day. The school can go back to normal. Like, do you think it's all connected or do you think it really is just sort of legal? Like both sides just don't want the cameras for the legal reasons. 100%. The reason I'm talking to you right here, right now is because there is capital business decisions being made on top of justice systems. So no, there is no way to pretend like these all equal and they all equate to uh, the same motivation. Somebody's going to lose and it isn't going to be my daughter. I will sit here. I will speak to every single microphone, every single camera before I go to court and after I go to court. If you force me to do it, I'd rather the courtroom speak for itself than me. I don't want to speak. I'm a, actually quite a private man. But if you force me to protect my daughter, then, then I will speak at every moment that I have to do just that and protect her. And that's what we're doing today. We're protecting the truth. We're protecting where the truth is going to go. The, the truth needs to be in that courtroom. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is hard. Uh, it, it goes back to what Ian was saying, though. Um, and like what I was saying a little bit ago, that I think that grief shows differently for different people. And maybe that's why they're having a hard time taking in who they were, because, you know, if you want their memory to live on, wouldn't you think that they should have them actually live on as they were, you know? Um, but I, I'm, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I see why they're in this situation. I, I understand it. I get it. I personally just don't think that there's anything beneficial to it. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, yeah, it's not beneficial at all. Like I understand they're grieving and everything. I just feel like that's like a really unhealthy place to go to. With the shame stuff. Well, grief can be unhealthy for some of the steps. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But like thinking 
you know, like nothing anybody could ever do could put blame on them for somebody stabbing them. Agreed. Especially in the way these kids were killed. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Like there's nothing they could have ever done. I don't care how many drugs they did. I don't care if they sold drugs. I don't care anything that they did. They didn't deserve it. Unless they were literally physically attacking someone, which they weren't. Um, But the capital business decisions. I, I know I, that, stood out to me and i don't understand what he's talking about where he's saying that um you know if you put me in a corner i will bite when it comes to my daughter you're not going to put capital business decisions above her what business decisions is he talking about i i just i don't understand is he talking specifically about the school is he talking specifically about what? And thanks, Cynthia. We appreciate that. Ooh, ooh. As always. You're amazing, Cynthia. Thank yes. you. So, yeah, is he talking like, because I know, Amanda, you brought up them buying the University of Phoenix. Yes. You haven't heard that? I have heard that. So, not buying the University of Phoenix, it was okay. So for you guys, let me see here. Give me one sec. Um, Where is that episode we did about the money that that you focused on? It's a it was really, really, really good. Um, What didn't he say? Capital business right here. Decisions. I thought he said capital business decisions. So this one right here, why, why does money matter in Idaho for, we break down multiple money factors that, that impacted the college. But the important one was that 40% of their student body base was out of the school and, and had no intention of coming back. We created the figure. We took the average spending amount annually by per person times it by the total 40% of the student body that came up to $150 million. It was more, it was like 156 million. So at jeopardy, 40% of the student body base for that area and the school is $156 million annually. That is a ton of money. So um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, Arizona State University used to be the number one party school in the country, and they were for about five years. I used to go there all the time. We would drive from Southern California to ASU to party all weekend long, sometimes stayed a week. Sometimes we'd go and didn't even have anyone to stay with. Like we were just going there to party. But they had a couple really bad situations happen where one of the things you did at ASU is you would get a bunch of beer, um, rope all your tubes together and go down the river that's right by there. There were a couple kids that went missing. A couple got drowned. A couple got lost. And uh, people started leaving the school. They started getting in trouble with the law there. ASU bought somebody else's online student portal for their students to go to school online and finish their degrees. Now, as soon as uh, 
the school got in trouble in Moscow in this situation, they were at risk of losing 40% of their base. They couldn't handle that financially. So they immediately started reaching out to ASU to try and buy their uh, online portal, which was one of the most effective things that ASU ever did when they were in a tough situation like that. They actually ended up making more money than they ever made before because then they could offer courses nationally and not just their on-campus student body. So I think that that purchase, I know I've heard a lot of underground rumblings with it, that there's more to it. I think it was just a preventative measure in case they couldn't make the public feel safe again. And I think that's part of the reason why having Brian is so important. Does that all make sense? I hope so. Yeah, but what does that have to do with the capital business decisions? And Jerry was saying $156 million. Yeah, but I don't know. I just am having a hard time connecting it to the justice system. I I I agree. I and I, I think it is weird. And I don't think we're gonna get an answer on exactly why he's saying that. And I do think that's why that question is important because he's referring to something very specific in this situation, you guys. He is clearly has some kind of knowledge that he thinks is true and he's referring to. Unfortunately for us, we won't be able to know what that is. We won't be able to know. You know? Mm-hmm. And I wish we could. And a camera will never, ever hide the truth. So why remove it? Why do you remove a camera? Well, maybe it'll protect you from, like me, I misspoke. I might say something wrong, but I'm, I'm a father. I can deal with that. I can, the repercussions of that is fine. But some people, who, Casey? Uh, Steve? Or are you talking about Brian? Or People seem to be scared huh? of the repercussions of their mistake. And I say just embrace it and let the community decide what the truth is. We either got the guy or we don't. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, and just a few more questions. The school's enrollment is up for this quarter. Um, and then you got to look at what statistics they're basing that off of, too. Is the school enrollment up when in comparison to last quarter um, where they lost 40 percent of their base or is it up year over year or is it up when taking into account online classes like um, I would be curious to know what they're comparing it to. Well, and we're more talking about that. 40% of their student base not coming back because they can't, there's a murder on the loose yes. and they can't make an arrest Correct. like that. They're going to lose a ton of money because that entire city runs off of the, the student population. Yeah. Without the student population, there is no Moscow, Idaho. Correct. Absolutely. And like <laughs> there's college towns out there. And I know we've talked about this before on the stream, but then there's college towns. And this is a college town where you pick that school up and move it somewhere else. And that 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 whole town's gone. You guys, it is gone. The only reason that town is there is because of the college. Yeah. It's, um, you know, since uh, Koberger waived the speedy trial, you know, I think we all thought maybe the oh, trial was going to be really I wanted soon to point out that, be... that he said, we either got the guy or we don't. 
he did not commit to believe like because you know how i think it was his wife that wore that shirt it was um uh, their cousin or something like oh that. not immediate family oh okay to the victim. Yeah. okay 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 i i i wasn't sure i thought i saw it was a mom but i guess i'm wrong um i i think that the media has given us the impression that the family really 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 believes that brian's a guy yeah. at least that's the impression i got he did not commit to that Correct. he said so he, he let the let the people decide let us see the evidence let, let us see the trial let the people decide we either got the guy or we don't yeah that does not sound like someone who's committed to brian being the guy and and just to be clear, too, you know he's never committed. There was somebody that was leaving some comments on one of our videos saying that all the victim's parents believe it's Brian. And uh, That's not true. That is not true. That is not true. And they leaned on, the Gonsal on Steve specifically talking about him coming out and saying that it's Brian. Um, from all the research I did, he only made one statement saying that um that something along the lines of uh i'm glad law enforcement got the guy and uh that is not a concrete statement of of somebody saying hey this is the guy i believe this is the guy <laughs> and law enforcement has done such a great job i'm so happy you know what i mean like there's a very big difference between making a concrete statement and commitment to backing law enforcement or saying, hey, I'm glad they got the guy. So it was one Gonzalez family member that wore the death firing death squad penalty thing, that shirt. It was only one. One person. Yeah. And um, I thought, I don't know why I thought it was the mom. It doesn't sound like it is, uh, but it, it doesn't. I I can't find anything right now. I'll keep looking mm -hmm. on who it was. Yeah. Far away. Not that I it mean, really it, matters. Uh, how are you dealing with that? Have you, are you still processing that? I mean, I feel for you guys having to like continue to live in this weird, like legal limbo. You uh, give up all your notions of normal. Correct. Jay Ray. Right. And you hope that your community feels for you and embraces you, hugs you, and says, we're going to take care of this. You know, you hope that your community says, we're here for you, and we're going to make go this back right. A little? It's weird, like, legal limbo. You uh, give up all your notions of normal when something like this happens and you hope that your community feels for you and embraces you hugs you and says yeah and that that makes sense uh to viking i feel like if uh to spring enrollment so you're looking at year over year so spring 2022 to spring 2023 I'll have to pull that up. That that's I'm glad you posted that. I appreciate that. As we're going to take care of this, you know, you hope that your community says we're here for you and we're going to make this right. 
And that's why I'm there for them to have the vision and the cameras and everybody needs to be in that, that room. Cause they're the ones that are wrapping their arms around hey, me, Chrissy, and our children. Welcome. They're saying we're going to make, we're going to do like, this is an outsider. He came here to hunt these dumb hillbillies and teach us about uh, what he said was like cloud computing and forensic. He thought he could come here and hunt dumb hillbillies. So that's pretty direct. He could get will get away with this. And now that we have him caught, we need to that's be direct. able to hold him accountable. And the community needs to be a part of that. And taking cameras out of there makes it a double standard you can't say that they're accountable yet they're not a part of it um how are you i mean how are you guys doing like i mean the last time i saw you in court olivia yeah that was pretty was direct there with your yeah, granddaughter i mean how are they doing i'm i'm sure in some ways like life has to go on you have some positive things happening too with your granddaughter like like how's everybody hey. doing we appreciate that shams thank you thank were, you um, thank you shams like good to you see you just go forward for but donation. you just gotta You're keep unwinding because you don't know how are you i mean how are you guys doing like i mean the last time i saw you in court olivia was there with your granddaughter i mean how are they doing i'm I'm sure in some ways, like life has to go on. You have some positive things happening too with your granddaughter. Like, like how's everybody? We we appreciate that. Don't don't ever feel like something's too small or anything like that. We we appreciate anything. Yeah. Um, and we will slowly get to a point where we'll be able to do it full time and and be on here even more with you guys. So mm -hmm. yeah, we appreciate it a lot. Doing. In some ways, we're in um, a pause of a movie. Like you can just go forward, but you, you just got to keep rewinding because you don't know how, what you've missed and all these facts. So um, it's no way to live. It's no way to be. And we try to treat our children different than um, what we're going through. It's my responsibility to hold this individual accountable for what he's done to my family. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm talking. That's why I'm, this is happening right here, right now. It's not because I care about anything other than justice. And that's why I'm pushing for cameras. That's why I'm pushing for this because I'm a biased man. I'm a biased father. So let everybody have a part in this. And then um, it's a lot easier for us yeah, to have a conviction like that. that we all embrace. And then the rest of me and my family don't have to hear the haunting effects of messages saying that, you know, if there would have been cameras in that courtroom, it would have been a different outcome. You know, if if we would have had truth and transparency in this case, if it wasn't all about business, then it, there would have been a different outcome. So that's there's you only have one moment to make a statement and that's the moment we're in right now and why we're doing this you know Shannon told me we had a couple of interviews I don't keep track of this he keeps track of this for me 
Yeah, it's more than 50%, like a lot more than 50% of the town's income comes from students. Because there is a gap. It's a gap in leadership. And the leadership, I want them to hold everyone accountable and do all this. And when they don't, we're, we're, our phones are being yes. People are calling us because somebody else isn't picking up the phone. That's really why yep. we get Steve involved. Gonzalez, Kaylee's dad. Really don't want to be the guy talking to you, to be honest. Yeah, you sort of become like the spokesperson, though. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it seems like if you don't hold people accountable, you know, it's like in life, you know, things slip away or whatever. Um, for me, Kaylee would have expected me to be her father, not 1%, not 10, not, not, not 50. We appreciate that, Casey. That's our goal is to stay unscripted and be able to have conversation with you guys. Yep. That's what we enjoy doing. Yeah. And we, we enjoy your guys' thoughts too. Yep. We've learned a lot from you guys, a lot. 50% of the time, like I handed off to a judge and a prosecutor to be the father. I'm going to be her father 100% of the time. And when I, when I tell whoever did this, you picked the wrong family, it has to be backed by action. And I'm that action. I'm that person saying, I'm going to be the voice that doesn't go away even if both sides want that voice to go away makes sense is is there anything else shannon you think is important that we didn't touch on with the statement or just that you want to get out there going into the hearing tomorrow you know i i mean i you know there's a lot of procedural things that are going on in the next couple of weeks I think the family will be there either by Zoom or in person. I'm not sure. We'll figure that out. Um, you know, it's not worth it to really get them in there for 10 or 15 minutes, to, like Steve said. Oh, we appreciate that. Which, which one was it? For a whole day's yeah, which, worth of stuff. Which so, uh, case was it, Shams? Uh, but we are, you know, we're looking forward to some of the stuff coming up, the scheduling order, um, picking new trial date. I don't think you said anything that could even be taken sideways, J. Ray. No way nothing <clears throat> these, these situations look one thing i feel like you guys and again hopefully no one throws mud at me for this is one thing that i've noticed especially not being true crime focused and then coming into the true crime scene is why is the true crime community so soft in a lot of things like so many people get so offended so easily when you it's very clear when someone's trying to be offensive or not right so i feel like you you come into a true crime community where everyone is super sensitive where you say the wrong word or you ask the wrong question which it doesn't it doesn't bother me um, when someone gets offended, but like it, it, it makes me worried for them that something so small gets them so 
riled up when it was never uh, meant see, in a I don't think light. it's just an issue in the true crime community. I think it's an issue everywhere because it it didn't used to be like that in the true crime community, and it didn't used to be like that pretty much anywhere. It is now in every community. You say the Got wrong it. thing at, on the internet, everybody's up in arms. Yeah. It is a society issue as a whole. It is not unique to true crime. And mm. thank you, Lisa, so much. We love and appreciate all of you guys, too. Yes. Yeah, it is a virus. You're right, it is. Amanda. I hate it. It is. It's so refreshing when you come across someone who, who understands, like, not everyone is out there to try and offend everyone. You know what I mean? And just because you're offended doesn't mean that you're right. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we just had one recently that I think we talked about on here um, that uh, what was it? What was it? I don't remember what it was. I said something wrong. And uh, this person got so upset, like so unbelievably upset. I went back and I watched the footage and I didn't I didn't say anything offensive. And they took what I was saying, like questioning a word or something like that as me being offensive. It, it blew me away. It shocked me. Because you're either intentionally trying to be offensive or you're not, you know, and, and it's, it, it's that simple. Or me giggling at mispronouncing a name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not that I, I wasn't making fun of the person's name. I was giggling at my dumbassery, okay? Um, Jay Ray, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's very possible that his family thinks something like that. And honestly, I don't entirely blame them because they're grieving if they do think that. So, I mean, I don't think that's offensive. What was Ian saying? So it's like you're offending Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. Because in there, all the true crime community is out here, like trying to maneuver themselves and try and find the next big name killer. But I, I hope that we never turn into a community like that. I, I, my focus isn't trying to find the next big name killer. It's to talk about the social aspects of these crimes, how they impacted society, and how we can grow from them emotionally, socially, uh, legally. You know what I mean? I think those are way more interesting, impactful questions to better society. I agree with you 100%. Um, you were just worried about offending Ian, <laughs> Jay Ray. <laughs> oh, you should have known he wouldn't have been offended. It's, you know, the... Yeah, Harsh is good. Crime Circus is good, too. I like him. The uh, alibi issue, um, the indictment stuff, all decisions on those things. The court has a lot of stuff in front of him. Oh, it, so, it, it has sociology is incredible. I went to school for business and halfway through it, I regretted it. I wanted to be in soci sociology or psychology. To make some decisions on. We're looking forward to those things. The cameras in the courtroom tomorrow. Um yeah, Lisa, so that's the goal. Argument on that. Yeah. Appreciate we'll that. Be, I think we'll all be there by Zoom. I'll be there by Zoom. And, uh, um, you know, just 
it's like Steve said, you know, they, they become the spokespersons for the families sometimes because that's the job that they've taken on and, and they're willing to do it. And, you know, when we do put out statements, you know, we always kind of check in with the families to see if that's something that they're in line well, with. I'm so glad, Cynthia. We catch their awesome. name to it. Uh, so they can get their voice out there um, and present their views. And so, who are you talking um, about? You know, Lindsay, are you talking about Harsh or Crime Circus? Because Crime Circus, you guys, the first time we watched Crime Circus, I was on stream and I pulled it up and I was like, <laughs> who is this? I like, the 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 original the first picture i saw like i bet that i had an offended face honestly <laughs> like what is this ooh you know and we 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 went somewhere else and watched something else and then i went back a screen and realized like that video has a ton of views so i was like all right whatever i guess i'll watch it in frustration and now we love him. He is so funny, dude. And it brings like a whole new layer to true crime because he gets out here and he's funny about it and jokes around and has a good time. There's no reason why you can't have a good time. You can't be entertained while we're learning and growing and figuring these things out, you know, and it's incredible. I it's know. Awesome. I... Even if he goes super tin hat sometimes. But... Right. I love tin hat theories. Yeah, same. And I get offended by the sun every morning too. And the mm. birds chirping. Yeah. I despise the birds in the morning. Any like other time crickets. of oh crickets too. And in my in the garage, there's been so many big ones lately. Like huge ones. And I ran over one with a car. And then I got out when I came back and it was just splattered all over the garage uh, floor and it had like green sticking out. Ugh. Ooh, TMI. It was so horrible. Oh, gosh. There's multiple of them now too. Splattered I, all over the floor. I would honestly enjoy being a social worker. Anything that has to do with uh, the, the mind or social psychology worker. or sociology. Um, I don't think you'd like being a social worker. I, I think I could be uh, as long as I could take my own approach to communication and like figuring things out. But who knows? I don't know. I don't I honestly don't know everything that they do. I'm probably just thinking of the cool parts, you know, I am offended by Nancy Grace, too. <laughs> we can just talk about all the things we're offended yeah. by. Right. <laughs> We thought it was important that everyone knew what the positions of the, some of the family members of the Cornell family and the Gonzalez family, Nancy Grace um, and felt the son. cameras in the courtroom, and uh, that was, and that's why we're all in a midnight chat. Yep. Reason for the statement today. Um, so, I so wish that we would have done an all night stream last night with uh, Cavalsante. I do. I do. Then they would all get to see me sitting here asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you would see me fall asleep sitting up. Yeah. Crime circus. Drip drop. Because I totally would have fell asleep. We could have the little alarm. Like, have you seen those TikToks where it's yes. a stream of somebody yes. sleeping 
and then people send donations to play a sound, and then the person acts on like, eh. Yes, <laughs> so ridiculous. And then they overact it every time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys could do that, and every time I fall asleep, but it won't be an overreaction because I will legit be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. If I fall asleep ever on stream, you will not wake me up. No. No, no way. There is no sound that could wake me up. I'm out. Like, out. I I hope we can get to a point where we can stream on TikTok to TikTok though, because a lot of TikTok viewers uh are really engaging. Yeah, Grizzly is good. Grizzly yes. is a good channel. And so is um what's the one that I referenced recently, the big one? Uh Explore with Us. Oh Explore with Us is awesome. I've watched them for a very long Man. time. Explore with Us is a really good channel. Incredible. I liked when they went out to the FLDS a long time ago, like in person on foot. Yeah. That I was would really love cool. to do that. If we get to a more full-time position, um, I would like to go out and interview live. I feel like with my sales background. I would be able to interview anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. I think I could interview serial killers, victims, anybody, and and nobody get offended. Grizzly is a bit a bit dry, if I'm being honest. Like she's she's, yeah. But K Casey, I'm sure she is like really funny for some people, but I think she's a bit dry. Um, because sometimes I find myself getting a bit like can't pay attention sleep. <laughs> I, I fall asleep during everything true it can be very interesting i true. can be in the middle of an intense scene in a movie theater okay yeah. like a horror film yeah and fall asleep truth truth <laughs> yeah she falls asleep in the shower i'll <laughs> notice like three hours go by and the water's still running i'm like what is going on and she's just asleep in the shower standing up that's not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> what what was my sleeping joke in the car? In the car? Yeah, that I did for one of the podcasts. Oh. Oh, um falling asleep sleeping while driving keeps you young or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 that's what it is. So, um Oh, I don't remember. Something to do with one of the greatest ways to stay young is sleeping, especially when you sleep in your car or something like that. You want to say what your sign is? What? They think you're Aquarius or Gemini. No. No. Mm -mm. I am so true to my sign. Uh, I'm a Virgo. Yeah, I'm a Capricorn. Yeah, and I am a Virgo, 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 Virgo. Jamaica. Oh, cool, Joey. You know what? I just saw a girl content creator named Joey. I think that was her name. And she used to do makeup. Mm -hmm. And I just like was looking something random up and I found her channel. Um, 
And I just, I don't know, Joey, I, I think you're a, a woman, Joey, <laughs> from past chats. I'm pretty sure you said that. Um, but her name was Joey, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Two, like, girl Joeys in a short amount of time. I like gender opposite names, like a typical boy yeah. name being used as a girl name. I love that. Yeah. I would totally do that with a kid. That's funny, Ian. Oh, Lisa, you're Capricorn too. I like to I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm super all the Virgo readings that I've read, I am very true to them. <laughs> Ian, you're so ridiculous. So you're a Capricorn too, Ian. Cool. <laughs> J-Ray is too. No way. You're a Capricorn too? Man. Gosh, why are there so many Capricorns? <laughs> Capricorn chat. That's weird because I hardly ever meet people that are Capricorns. Like, hardly ever. Everyone in my life is like a Virgo. Yeah. Or a Scorpio or a Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It's all water and earth signs. Oh, you're not a Capricorn? Oh. Then why'd you say three of us? I need to figure out how to do call-ins through StreamYard. I know there's a way, and I know there's a way to do it easy. I think it uh, is just a camera edition or something like that, or audio only or something. I don't know. And I can just invite through YouTube once called. Well, Ian, it, it depends. So I know that I just they had say my birthday. They like, yeah, my birthday just passed. It did. So I know with like signs, it there's more variation than you're a Capricorn, so you're supposed to be this. But it also matters too if you're on the cusp, because then you can have traits of the other sign that you're on the cusp of too. So yeah. I know there's people in the chat that know way more about this than me though. Yep. I don't some I of you are very dedicated. Yep, it is birthday time. <laughs> Scorpios and Aries suck. <laughs> yeah. All the fatherly figures in my life are all Scorpios. All of them. Oh, okay. I see. You're talking about the name Joey. J-Ray, I got you. That is really interesting. How cuspy is January 6th? Hold on. Let me look. 13 members. So the ending date is January 19th for Capricorn. Not super cuspy. What? How did this 
Dylan Trovo. <laughs> so Ian said he was born in 1988. He thought he was the dragon on the Chinese Zodiac. Then he found out his B-Day was before the Chinese New Year. So he he counts as 1987 a bunny. <laughs> I think I'm the year of the rooster. Really? Yeah, the rooster is my Chinese zodiac sign. I'm the dragon. <laughs> Amanda, are you a Scorpio? So I think women Scorpios are always way cooler than men Scorpios. Women Scorpios are like all open and confident and amazing. And then men Scorpios are like, Toxic. Oh, I love Alice in Chains. I love that song. What are you looking at? Nothing. I was just letting you talk, and I was looking at. Because I think the the Ian vid video for Idaho 4 comes out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you guys. So um, just an update is we dropped this week's video early. So um, normally on Friday right here. We drop our full length long forum podcast, but for somehow, I think when we were gone for that weekend or something like that, we must have skipped one of the long forum drops. So we were running three weeks behind on YouTube and two weeks behind for posting on, um, for our audio listeners. Um, so I dropped 36 today and we will still be dropping 37 on Friday. So we, we had to get caught up because I took off all. Oh, wait, it might show all of them on here. Yeah, I, I took off all of the older ones that included um, politics, politics. Yeah, yep, yep. So we are officially oh, you true have a, crime only. You have a twin, Amanda? No way. That's so interesting. <laughs> she said, I have a twin brother who's Scorpio and he's crazy. <laughs> mm. Oh, Joey, you also thought you were a dragon, but turned out you're a rooster or a rabbit. I mean. I think I'm a dragon. When is the cutoff date for dragon? I don't know. Oh, wait, I'm a cockroach. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Joking. Okay, what day is the Chinese New Year? I'm a gold dragon. I was born in 19 February 8th, 1940. So February 10th. 
Okay, so yeah, so yeah, you would be your the dragon. Yep. Ian wouldn't be because his birthday is before February. Gotcha. Ian, weren't you saying you're old? You're not old. Why is everyone who's like in their 30s think they're so old? I'm I'm not 30. I mean, I'm 29. I just celebrated 29 again a few days ago. I think that was my fifth 29th birthday. My fifth one. <laughs> Cynthia, he's so full of crap. His birthday's not in February. <laughs> and he's not 29. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was saying February 10th, 1940, so I could be a gold dragon. <laughs> no, my birthday was literally a few days ago. <laughs> Jerry. You know, for his birthday, I got him candles for his cake that said 29. <laughs> yeah. Everybody got offended. They're like, you're not 29. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. Okay. <laughs> I thought it would be funny. I just wanted to see your face once I brought out the cake with 29. <laughs> I was expecting it. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yes. I am 29. Okay. Oh, geez. Fire horse girls were drawn because they would be confrontational and feisty. Who are the fire jeez. horse girls? <laughs> no, I'm 29. <laughs> I just celebrated my fifth 29th birthday, okay? Ooh, hair extensions. Oh, fun. 40s is still young. I mean, 30s and 40s, that's when you have the real fun. That's when you can let your hair down. Also, I'm, I'm 29, unfortunately. In the socionics personality system, I'm a Delta, which is basically the old people group. All right, guys, I think that is it for tonight. This was a fun one. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got kidnapped by a time traveler from 1944, and that person raised you. That is correct. How did you know? <laughs> Jerry said I heard that, too. Oh, dang, Shams. Well, I mean, hopefully you getting your hair extensions and renovating your house and, you know, like you're hitting kind of like a reset button to move on, you know. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah, no, we enjoy staying late. I wanted to finish yes. a Steve interview anyway because I... 
I do feel like there were some really odd things in there. And I think it was important to listen to. I didn't expect him to go quite so hard with the whole he came to hunt hillbillies thing. But I, right. Yeah. Cause I thought that was weird. He didn't commit and then he like overly committed. Yeah. I, I know. I know it. Yeah. One of my best friends is an Aquarius. Really good people. Good night, Lindsay. All right. Well, guys. if you if you didn't catch the Steve interview, we just finished it a little bit ago, so you can rewind. We also watched the Koberger court hearing. Yes. And um uh Caval Caval whatever the has. <laughs> What? Oh, Cabo Sante. Yeah. Yep. Danello, get caught. Danello the Sante. The fugitive. I always like. I don't know why that name throws me off. I hope you guys enjoyed the new OBS. I hope it was flawless tonight, and that everything can be posted on screen now, which is awesome. <laughs> what? Ian said his nickname was Eeyore because he talked like that when he was a kid. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Oh, you're a Pisces, J. Ray. You would be. You would be. <laughs> That's cool, though. I had a friend who was a Pisces for a long time. Oh, that's awesome, Lisa. That is awesome. Yeah, he did get bit in the head. He did. He got <laughs> bit in the head. Did. All right, guys, that is it for tonight. Yep. We appreciate all of you. It was fun. It was. It was interesting. And we still don't know if there's going to be cameras in the courtroom. No, unfortunately. I think that they need to, though. Literally everyone. Everyone in the world wants them, except for the lawyers. I know. I it's know. so dumb. It is. But um, we'll see how it goes. You know, as more comes out, we'll be here to cover it. Yes. And it's been fun. I'm happy to know all of your astrological signs now. Yes. Chinese, all other ones. <laughs> and your childhood nicknames. I have a great night, everybody. See you later. See Good you. Night. Not it's tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. 9 p.m. Central Time. Be there, be square. Bye.